present you with this commemorative plaque for 25 years of Monday Night Raw. It's mahogany. It's a plaque. It's a... It's a plaque? Well, let me get this straight. Commemorative. Says your name. Here, hang on, hold it. It feels, it feels a little cheap. It feels cheap, but then again, we are here in Brooklyn. Give me a plaque after all I've done for you for 25 years, and you give me, wow, you give me a plaque. Everybody's out here thanking everybody. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The only person in the world I need to thank is me, because I did it all. I did it all by myself. I didn't need any of you. I didn't need my family members. I didn't need anyone but me. No one. There's not one person in the world that's ever helped me. Never change, gold. I was gonna say, but the more things change, the more they stay the same. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself, Josh Custodio. Justin, neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night stays this podcaster from the swift completion of his appointed podcast yes it is a a bit of a it's a wintry day out there i walked here in a storm i I am frozen to the bone Uh, do you you walk here well i I took the sky train oh okay but i walked to the sky train yes which was cold yeah like i was wearing gloves i was still cold and then from the sky train to my door is about like a minute and a half yeah that's probably chilly also that took a solid yeah minute (laughs) 45 seconds maybe uh justin do you know what that was that i quoted there it was a poem of some kind it's uh the u.s postal service creed ah they don't say podcast that that was a little ad lib okay i don't i would be surprised i mean there's probably some people who yeah work for the postal service who have their own podcasts or there's probably a podcast about being a mailman or just the mail who would listen to that the mail cast oh it sounds awful ridiculous justin justin we have a a big show this week we do it's a packed card it's like wrestle kingdom 12 there's a lot to get through here and it's all going to be top quality it's going to be top quality here on top marks because that's what we do justin what else do we do on this uh lovely show well we kind of gab and bullshit a little bit as good friends Ah. as hashtag good friends i feel like that's what the people 
people have come to know and love from us over the past uh, 32 episodes, and 33 should be no different. Well, and I, I think that's kind of what our podcast has uh, that's unique about it, is it's two friends doing a podcast. Yes. I think I think normally yeah. podcasts are done by people who barely know each yeah, other. people who are locked in a room together and <laughs> can't be let out until they've created enough content to satisfy their captors. <laughs> but indeed, we are hashtag good friends, and that is the draw specifically only to Top Marks. Yeah, uh, and I gotta say, I was pretty tired heading into this one. Uh-oh. As you know, uh, Josh, I, I am the hardest working man in show business. I do know Though we don't make any money off of this show, so I'm, maybe I'm the hardest working man in no business. Hey, got him! <laughs> um, and yesterday, oh boy, I pulled the double at the bar. I worked 12 straight hours. I was literally the only person on staff uh, for the entire day that we were open, and I am exhausted. But just having done the first two and a half minutes of this show, I already feel energized. You're sparking me up, knowing that the people are out there listening. They're ready. It's getting me fired up. And each and every week, of course, if this is your yeah. first time joining us, uh, we break down the top Three, count them, one, two, three stories in the world of professional wrestling. But Josh, um, there's some extra stories this week. We, we, we have to do this. There are things we have to get to not within the rounds. Uh, yes. There's just too much going on this week in the wide world of pro wrestling. Some stories that maybe we couldn't talk about for a maximum time limit of... 15 minutes. Which is the same length as... A WCW TV title match. Correct on both counts, my friend. Thank you, buddy. Uh, some stories that we couldn't talk about for 15 minutes either. And I think if you pay attention to wrestling, you know exactly what we're talking about. It yeah. was an eventful week. Obviously, a, a, a big Monday Night Raw anniversary show, and we'll get all into that in a little bit. Yep. Uh, but an eventful week beyond that as well, because uh, the cruiserweight champion uh, has been fired. He yeah. was outright released. The title is vacated. We're going to find out what happens on 205 Live next week. Finally, a reason to watch 205 Live. Well, I that guess, makes on you some tune level. In? Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I tuned in for quite a bit when Enzo first got on the show. Right. But yes, as we are alluding to here, Enzo Amore. Released from WWE after uh, allegations of a rape investigation came out earlier this week. Uh, and the, the main reason he was let go, from what we can gather, is not just that there was this case against him that was being investigated because he was suspended by the company initially yep. uh, as soon as this came out. It's the fact that he knew personally about this investigation for the last three months, this had been underway since October of last year, and never at any point did he decide it was in his best interest to inform his employer of this potential looming scandal. And uh, it was reported in Sports Illustrated earlier today that had they known about this, he never would have been cruiserweight champion. He never would have been the face wow. of 205 Live. So we're looking at a radically different cruiserweight division if... Enzo informs his employer of this. Now, granted, if you're Enzo Amore and you know that you're innocent and you also know that if you tell them you're not going to have these opportunities, then maybe you can internally have like a logic that makes it make sense to not tell your employer about this. But you would think if he believed he was innocent, he would do 
everything that he could in his power to get out in front of it, let his employer know immediately, look, this is going to come out eventually. It's baseless. There's nothing to it. And this is a messy story, too, because, I mean, we had videos come out earlier in the week from a a friend or a former friend of the accuser. Well, I actually did a deep dive on this. This is not any sort of hearsay. I spent an hour behind my laptop on uh, Wednesday night watching the YouTube channel of the victim in this situation and uh, of her, quote-unquote, best friend, who basically came out and said that this is all fake and his friend is, is nuts, and he has these text messages that show her bragging about sleeping with Enzo and this sort of thing. Now, a lot of moving pieces. A, a bad situation. In a situation like this, you have to lean with the victim, I think. Uh, I think that you, you have to take, uh, and especially with Enzo just being released, not future endeavored. Consider that Rich Swan is still on the, the WWE roster after what we know came out about him because investigations take time. I mean, at the same time, if... Rich Swan's wife decided that she wanted to press charges, which she hasn't at this point and probably won't. He might have been released at if like he had been yeah. charged for a crime, I do believe. I would hope so. Yeah, I don't know if they have And, and I think that kind of is the difference here in yeah. some way. Um, which, I mean, I don't want to defend either of these men, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough to have a discussion about because to even question, it's like, I, I really feel, I'll say this, I feel like what hinders Enzo in this situation is that uh, his social media presence and how the guy comes off, it doesn't seem like a big stretch. Not not that he's a rapist, but that he's an asshole of some capacity. Yeah. People are very willing to believe that this is a shitty guy. Yeah, when the accusation came out, I don't think anyone was surprised. You know? No, yeah. It's I, like, not to say that, I mean, it's a shocking accusation, I guess, on some level, no matter who it is. But of anyone on the roster, this guy kind of makes sense to be that kind of If person. you had to guess who on the roster was, some <laughs> yeah. people might end up with Enzo. Exactly. And I really feel like that's uh, not going to play well to him here. Uh, he did release his, uh, or I guess suppose his, via his law office, he put out uh, a statement this week, or his lawyer rather, basically just saying that he adam- adamantly denies these accusations and this sort of thing. It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. If you had to guess, Justin, do we ever see Enzo Amore in, uh, let's just say, wrestling for a major promotion again? I mean, probably. Like, look, like at one point in the last year when we were doing this show, you and I were talking about Enzo as being one of the best actors on yeah, he Raw. Is. Yeah, that he could have, that he could be an actor on a, on a, on TV shows. Like he's that good at playing characters and dr- dr- delivering dramatic moments that actually have an impact. And yeah. maybe, uh, no pun intended, that's where he ends up. But, what is uh, Zono Love doing <laughs> in the Impact Zone? But, uh, you know, I don't know. At the same time, WWE ultimately decided that he was too much of a headache. As much as his talents are evident, he himself is a mess of a person who keeps running into trouble with his peers, with the locker room. He's been kicked off a bus. He was kicked out of the room. He was ripping on uh, Big Cass's injury on his social media without having like a creative directive to do so. Oy. So, I mean, I like. How this- do you think he's doing? <laughs> Well done. <laughs> I don't know. Probably not good at the moment. At the yeah. same time, like, if this comes out that she is just making this up, basically, if, yeah. the, if the investigation proves that there was no, uh, you know, no foul play or whatever Consent here, was had. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that this is just a blackmail scam, essentially, which... Like, fuck, I would hate that for, the, for that to be the case, because this is like... 
Like, if that is the case, like, fuck this lady, because this is the wrong time in yeah, history. Yeah, not now. Don't invalidate to, to do so this many kind others. Of thing. Exactly. Not that the others would be invalidated, but it would give people who want to take that stance a leg up to it, say, well, it happened over here. Exactly. So um, you would hope that that is not the case. But if it is, like, maybe they rehire him in six months if it turns out he did nothing wrong, man, you know? Alive. That would so, that, what a weird situation all around. A bigger heel than ever, though. Yeah, oh, he would be. He's going to get the Michael Elgin treatment, I think, no matter where he goes, though. I, Elgin, I, I have course, to think so, too. We talked about a couple weeks ago as somebody who was still being booked, but the audience reactions for him are... Not uh, strong. As Bruce Pritchard would say, just the drizzling shit. <laughs> that is what Brother Love would say. Uh, Justin, I want to talk about the other what rounds we are going to do today, because we yes. have a couple other things to touch on off the hop here. We do, yeah. So in round number one today, we're going to review uh, Raw 25, the 25th anniversary of Raw, the exact same age as Justin, as we learned last mm, week. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, overall opinions from the show. Uh, I'm just going to say, 25 years in, Raw is cooked. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I. So that's my little teaser. Thanks for coming out, folks. No problem. Good episode. We'll see you next week. Good episode. Spin top marks. And in round number two, Justin, we're going to preview uh, this Saturday's takeover. Now, uh, while I don't feel the general anticipation as strong as for the last takeover, I still think there's lots worth talking about on this card, and we'll do a deep dive into that for 15 minutes. And then we're going to wrap up the show, the third round, as we do, with a Royal Rumble preview. Two Rumbles to get through, Justin, as well as some other matches. Boy, howdy. How do you feel about those rounds? Oh, that sounds like a packed uh, show, and it also seems like our... Uh, endeavor to be a New Japan Wrestling podcast <laughs> is going great. Yeah, so far so good. So much NJPW content but this week. You I'll, can, uh, I'll be watching uh, New Beginning. At yeah, some point so next weekend. week we're going to be talking about New Beginnings because we will be watching that this weekend. That's right. Justin, you said packed house there. Do you know where else was a very packed house this week that I want to talk the about? The Commodore Ballroom Commodore on Saturday Ball. night in Vancouver. You are not kidding, baby. Man, uh, Justin and I attended the uh, the sort of Biannual or no, semi-annual. Biannual, yeah. Biannuals, right? Twice but, I a mean, year. Bi is a weird one because it can mean every two or twice per, or both. Yeah. Like, so yeah, why would I say that? Yeah, I know, right? It happens twice a year at the Commodore Ballroom, sort of a legendary venue here in Vancouver. Uh, Ballroom Brawl, they are our biggest. They bill it as the biggest wrestling event in the Pacific Northwest. That seems mostly believable to me. I think so. Yeah. Uh, Justin, what a good show. Yeah, it was a super fun night. Um, I don't want to make it sound like I'm uh, shitting on the card at all, but m maybe one of the lesser ballroom brawls overall just because Not as good as the, last the one. show has certainly set the standards so high for itself. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, like, even the January show last year had the surprise return of Kyle O'Reilly. Absolutely. Uh, which was incredible. And like, I, I don't know. I just love that, like, I go to this show twice a year and I get to see... All of these amazing big names from the world of independent wrestling. We got Joey Ryan this past week, which was a ton of fun. He was great, yeah. Uh, Dalton Castle last time out. Kyle O'Reilly. Brian Cage. Like, it there's goes on always... And, on. and now you, you probably can El Phantasmo in that number. Yeah, exactly. Colt Cabana has been out for it not yep. once, but twice. Uh, it's just there's a history of, of just great quality bringing in the best of the indies to go head to head with our homegrown talent here in Vancouver. We have a really good scene here in Vancouver as well yeah. and it was just uh, a hell of a fun night. For me Justin they're so special because it sort of reminds me about because I think sometimes maybe I take for granted all the cool shit I get to see living in Vancouver. You mm -hmm. know we live in a great urban center. I can most bands everything I want to see but when I'm there I'm like 
man, there's not a lot of places of independent wrestling at this level, I don't think. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel very grateful to be here. And some of our local talent is unbelievable. Our guy Fergie, listener of the show, won the tag team title. Oh, so he yeah. Was there, hell bar yeah. Barn burner of a four-way. Uh, he, he carried that match for the most part. He was I thought the, so. The baby face in peril doing most of the work the for whole the time. of the... Uh, uh, the bulk of the match. So, fresh uh, off his match with Pete Dunne. Yeah, kudos to, to Ferg. And, yeah, you got to talk to El Fantasmo. That's well. right, yeah. we we were, El Fantasmo just wrestled Pete Dunne last week, and when I was buying one of his T-shirts, I was talking about that. Uh, we also got a picture with him, Justin. Maybe I'll throw we that did. on the account. Uh, it was just, for me, uh, while I agree with you, not the strongest ballroom brawl I've seen. I mean, granted, I had to work late, so I missed the first third of the show, which included they opened <laughs> with the world title match where LP was a surprise return and he won his title back. It was an unbelievably so, good match. So I missed the best <laughs> match of the show, which might influence my opinion in saying a lesser ballroom brawl, when it was probably just as good as any of them have been. It was great. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it – what was I going to say here? Uh you talk for a second, and no I'll problem. try and find my talking point. No again. problem. It was it about ballroom brawl? You want me to stay yes, on this topic? Yes, yes, yes. Well, I'll say this: that the the Commodore Ballroom is a, a place that is uh, legendary as a venue for music. I've seen so many good bands there, but there's something special about a space when it transforms to wrestling for me because it's something I still hold so dear to my heart. And when there's this crowd of people in a place you're used to getting so fired up about what you're fired up about, it's the best. And thank you to every single one of our fans that said hello. That Not fans, but listeners. Yeah. It, was, it was extremely cool. Had a couple of listeners say hello at the show, which was super fun. And I remembered my point here. Go ahead. Uh, you know, I think we've seen a boom in the wrestling scene in Vancouver over the last little while. Certainly WWE has taken notice and is doing a lot more shows here. 100% true. And I, I would, you know, we did a Ballroom Brawl preview six months ago, which was a ton of fun. If you haven't heard that show, go back and listen to it. We interviewed six wrestlers. And, like, some big names, too. We talked to Christina Von Erie. We talked to Nicole Matthews. Scotty Mac. Scotty Mac. And I would love to talk to Scotty again because I wonder if he feels, you know, I'm maybe he'd never admit this. Mm. But I feel like the, the fact that WWE comes back here all the time now, that they're running shows at a Rogers Arena, despite the fact that for years they would only ever do shows way out in Abbotsford that yep. you have to drive out to the Boons to go see, I do feel that ECCW is responsible for that on some level, that they have built this scene back into something big You couldn't big ignore again. them. You certainly couldn't ignore them in that equation. Yeah, and I don't know that, like, maybe it's too egotistical for him to acknowledge the role that he's played in that. Maybe he would never do it. <sighs> but uh, I have to think, like, on some level, Scotty has to feel pretty good about every time he sees, you know, the, the big Fed rolling back into the largest arena it can play in this city because for the longest time, that was not the case. And he has no. certainly been a huge factor in rebuilding wrestling culture here in Vancouver. There's no question. And uh, I'm thankful to him and the whole company for it. Now, Justin, before uh, we close off this hot open, our, our, our longest intro ever before getting to the rounds, I believe you have an actual sponsor for us this week. Yes, yeah, speaking of rebuilding the wrestling culture in Vancouver, uh, Mike Noble, of course, former guest on this show, uh, roommate of mine and a co-worker of mine as well. Technically, he's my boss in some ways. We, Is there any relationship you guys don't have? No, no, we're lovers also. I figure. Uh, yes, At this point. Uh, we're the golden lovers. Ah. Uh, and yes. Um, he's we, a bushy. We recently just got the go-ahead like two days ago, yesterday in fact, uh, to start playing Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live live in the bar that we work at. That's the Penny on Commercial Drive, Commercial and Gravely. And uh, every Monday and Tuesday, 
We are going to be playing Raw and SmackDown live from 5 to 8 on Monday and 5 to 7 on Tuesday. Wow. So if you want a bar in Vancouver, if you live in Vancouver, you listen to the show, and you are looking for a place to watch Raw and SmackDown with people, have some drinks, have some food, have a good time watching it live every night. Look, we have a bunch of bars in the city that play pay-per-views now, which is awesome. Yeah. But there are no weekly TV bars, and we want to be that. The thing is, we got approval to do this, but... We're trying to move away from being a sports bar right now. They're oh, trying okay. to turn it into a live music venue. How about a sports entertainment so bar? The, the Penny itself does not want to promote that we do this oh, okay. unless we can build it into something that they're already on board with, and then they'll get their promotional deal behind it. So I need to promote it here and in my other avenues. This okay, is, yeah. With This is word of mouth. This is entirely through my own things that I've built up. If you want to come watch Raw and SmackDown at a bar every week, please come on out to the Penny Commercial and Gravely in Vancouver. Either me or Mike will be bartending for it every single week. So you get to hang out with me. You what get if to I'm watch there? Raw on the screen. And yeah, I know this is cutting into your territory because no. your your house is like the host of Monday Night Raw every <laughs> for <Vancouver>. week. <laughs> well, for our friends yeah. anyways. And it, but what I, if we? I, I don't want to threaten you no, by trying to establish one, a new place. Maybe for the first one, we'll all go to the bar. I yeah. love getting drunk. Yeah. So that starts this Monday. We're going to be doing this for as long as they'll let us, and they're going to keep letting us if it's a success. So you know, I hate to get serious and have an actual plug here, but please, if you're looking for a place to watch it, we would love to host you. So please come on out. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Uh, I will definitely be dropping in on the odd one. There's no question. Um, and uh, how much are you paying for the ad space on this show? Uh, well, uh, we'll have to talk about that a little later. Eh? But we won't talk about it <laughs> in round number one. <laughs> Once again, that's the penny at Commercial and Gravely. <laughs> round one. Fight. <laughs> Justin, don't you love looking back at the past? Um, Sometimes it can be nice to reflect on where we've come from, sure. Yeah, was it, wasn't the past so much better than the present? No, not necessarily. Oh, you're crazy, man. No, the past, I, back I, in the day, no, things were you know what? much better. I believe uh, there's a, a favorite movie of mine. Oh, go ahead. Uh, about how actually uh, things have always been horrible, and we just tend to uh, put a golden gloss on... Uh, on you know how things were back in the day oh. but like as far as old men go they actually don't have like there's no country for them oh you know? no country for old men your favorite movie uh the, i believe the film is called uh bessie and the giant dinosaur <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say justin is it your favorite movie bowling for columbine no <laughs> <laughs> bowling for countries for old men well justin uh, w- well you may not love the past more than the present you yes. know who does this week monday night raw raw 25 certainly was a country for old men you are not kidding this was uh, it might have been an entire planet for old men i mean this was uh, a show that like you said was celebrating its 25 year history which is really nothing to to shake your head at 25 years is a long time now granted there are 33 episodes of top marks much bigger number than 25 mm-hmm. but i'm still a little impressed by 25 years Justin, when you were watching... We only, we've only been putting out one episode per year as well. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we are... It doesn't really collide with me saying you're only 25 years old, but... 
Good bet. Um, J- Justin, when, when you were watching on Monday, going... Oh, actually, let's start here. When you were about to watch on Monday, what were your feelings going into I was Raw? really excited for this Raw. We talked about it last week. Yeah. I thought this was coming at the perfect time to kind of re-energize my fandom at a time where WWE is really boring me and New Japan absolutely you know, has me by the balls in some ways. Sure. Like, I am fully into the NJPW product right now. I come home at night, and Mike and I will watch, like, a Super Juniors match every night, basically, before I go to bed pretty well. Like, not necessarily every night, but I am diving in to the archives quite often. Earlier this week, I watched the G1 Climax final, Omega versus Naito from uh, last year. Amazing match. Incredible. So, like, as good as it gets, there's a lot for me to dive into. No, you said it was better than any of the Omega Okada matches. Still stand by that. I fully disagree, bud. Well, bud, but, fuck uh, you. So there you go. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like there's a lot for me to dive in from the entire archive of New Japan that has my attention most weeks in a way that like a typical Raw simply does not. Even okay. if there are things on the show right now, for example, the formation of Balor Club and the push of Balor Club as well. Yeah. Like I am super into that, but, you know, even the guys that I usually love, like you know me, I absolutely adore AJ Styles and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And I talked about how I felt like the constant progression and evolution of this Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan thing was kind of the perfect like example of modern storytelling with Shades of Grey that I was so into, yeah. not even like three weeks ago. And right now, as we head into the Rumble... I just kind of feel bored by everything. So when it, did it feel like it was going to be different? Because at my house, we had a bunch of people over. We were sitting down for Raw. And I was thinking to myself, holy cow. I'm actually pretty fucking excited yeah, to watch this. Same. Like this, I this was, feels like, a, I don't want to compare it to a pay-per-view, but it felt like a, an event. Yeah, similar to kind of like the... Sin City SmackDown yeah, last sure. year, That's a which kind of felt like a pay-per-view. We got everybody together for it. And yeah, like... That thing delivered like, like, sh- like stink. It was yeah, great. and like on, on Monday, I was thinking, boy, howdy, I'm fired up for this. This is coming at the exact right time. I need this to like grab me by the lapels and say, hey, bud. Come on back. WWE is good. Like, pay ah, attention to it. Yeah. Um, and I... I don't know that it did that. Okay, so I, I imagine uh, we probably had similar feelings to this, where it opens, that, that video package they played was incredible, as good as it gets. Right, yeah. I'm getting pumped up. I did love uh, the careful editing of showing the Kurt Angle moonsault off the top <laughs> to of the no cage. one. Without showing who was in the ring well, taking it. Everybody knows that famous spot where he, he hit no one there. But, Justin, so this, <laughs> I'm going to set the stage for you. That that video plays. I'm yeah. fired up. Right? Yeah. I, got a, I, I got a steak. I'm eating. I got a steak in front of me. I'm so fired up. Stephanie McMahon and Shane McMahon are still in the ring. Okay, it feels a little normal for me. But, okay, that's okay. I'm ready to get, I'm ready to get going. When Vince McMahon's music hit and the crowd was so hot and they were doing the no chance – I was like, oh my god, tonight is going to this rule. This crowd is so incredible. They are going to carry this show no matter what no happens. No matter what. I was I, I was so excited. I literally looked at Vince doing the billionaire strut, and I was just like, this is so dope. Like, I'm so ready for this show. Austin comes out. The glass shatters. The crowd is so fired up. My living room is fired up. When and, of course, you see where it's all going, so nothing too surprising there when he does the stunners. But it's still awesome to see, right? Mm-hmm. Vince still sucks at selling it. Shane is great at Shane it. Shane is the greatest maybe ever. Him one of the them. Rock. Yeah, one of them. And then the rest of the show happened, Justin. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I feel like 
even as much as we loved that opening segment, it's kind of indicative of the fact that this show was not for us. Certainly not. It, no. it, it was not for the people who tune in week to week and watch all the time. Absolutely Anyways, not. This was for, they knew they were going to get a big audience for nostalgia purposes. They wanted to put out segments that were going to pander to what people had seen and would come to expect 20 years ago in hopes that maybe this 20 years ago nostalgia audience will be interested enough to tune in on Sunday. What a flawed ass line of thinking. I'm sorry. It just doesn't make one iota of sense to me that you're going to have, I don't know the ratings, to do much better than your average episode? It did, episode? yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so how are you going to, you, they were obviously planning on it being a lot of eyeballs on the product that Monday. How the hell do you not have some sort of big angle that leads to the Royal Rumble coming out of this show? Or not even the Rumble, just it, some sort of feud going forward. Yeah, I don't it, get it. It barely felt like a go home show at all like it wasn't what happened on the show there was a big you know they ended with a confrontation between i guess sort of braun and kane and and brock but they rushed it off air it was like three minutes long yeah i I mean but also like the parts of the show that broke away from the nostalgia and were kind of pushing the rumble are also kind of what killed the momentum of the show as well because we go straight from that mcmahon austin segment into a women's eight-person <laughs> eight tag. Where, if I'm not mistaken, Mickey James didn't get tagged in. I don't know if that's the case. It might have been during the commercial break. But as far as I know, she just came out for the match. And they just had a lot of ladies out there so that they could ultimately do exactly what happened on SmackDown also. Which is like show them throw each other over the top rope to be like, oh, this is what's going to happen on Sunday. Okay, but Justin, how are we not getting some of these legends women even coming out exactly. for that match? How is there no uh, exactly. what, dovetailing, any sort of crossover well, between I'm, the old and the new? I mentioned things that had been reported in Sports Illustrated yeah. this morning or yesterday possibly one of those was about details with enzo the other was that they had to aggressively rewrite a bunch of segments on raw because they were going to do largely a bunch of pre-taped skits backstage vignettes with jimmy fallon that were all going to be surrounding the gms and all these women from the past like it was going to be it was a written sketch that jimmy was like meeting one person after another after another and because he couldn't make it from his own show to the Barclays Center or whatever in time to actually shoot these things, they just scrapped all that and rewrote it and did uh, like what they did. And I know what you said when we talked about this off the air is like, oh, I'm so fucking glad that the show did not entirely revolve around Jimmy Fallon, who's incredibly annoying. Exactly. And I do agree with you, but at the same time, I also feel like the show was worse for having to do that because – those segments were all the worst part of the show, even worse than, like, the match that I just mentioned with all those women in it, because, like, l- it was literally just, like, let's trot a bunch of people out on stage. Like, hey, GMs, remember GMs? <laughs> it was like We've that. had GMs. Hey, remember women? <laughs> We've had women before. Here's a bunch of women. It was a clunky show. And, and they just walked out on stage and... Nothing. And waved at the crowd and yet nothing. Now, interacting with that hack Jimmy Fallon isn't going to get me any but more that's, into it. that's better. That's a sketch. That's talking. That's literally anything. Yeah. That might have jokes in it. Like, that could be something. Just bringing a bunch of people out on stage to wave at the crowd like it's, Knowing you know, Jimmy Fallon, they'd just be, like, playing ping pong or something. I, but, like, <laughs> well, hey, I'm laughing. Look, look I'm not thrilled He's about Jimmy laughing Fallon and clapping being his the hands. focal point for it either. He's like but a seal Jimmy Fallon. At least it's substance. Yeah. 
And I felt like the things, like, it couldn't have been lazier to just bring a bunch of people it out on awful. stage It was awful. What a wave. misuse of all these. Even even the Dudleys coming out, and it's just playing their greatest hits, and now it's over. It's It was so presented as there's not going to be consequence to anything that happens tonight, besides mm-hmm. maybe one segment, which we'll get to here. It's just, this is just a some sort of weird highlight package of things that we think you'll like from throughout the years, and it just, for me, did not work. Well, I think the number one problem with the show was... They promoted everything. Yeah, no surprises. There were literally no surprises. And I think we talked about it last week when we went down the list of everything that had been announced. Like, I don't think it was out of line to expect, like, oh, The Rock will probably be on this show. Something. Or, liter- or like, some like something big that they haven't told us in or, advance. Or if they were going to present it all... Maybe don't. If that is your whole list, imagine how much... I bet you the entire opinion of the show would feel different, at least to us too, if they wouldn't have announced Jericho. Yeah. We would have felt, just having him stroll on screen for that small thing with Alliance, or Elias, we would have all made a huge deal out of it. Wouldn't just have the fact the that he show, wore his Alpha Club shirt course. alone had people freaking out and talking. Had me and... freaking out. So, Justin, was there anything besides the opening segment that you did like on this show? Uh, I mean... We can talk about the closing. I mean, not necessarily the closing segment because that was the Brock stuff. But I the, know what you mean. But yeah. the 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 closing segment at the Manhattan Center, which was I was hoping uh, we the, the Click and the Ballot Club and burying the Revival. We talked last week about how we were very nervous that the Revival were being set up to be put in the Ascension spot uh, uh, as of like you know the when they did that throwback raw a couple years ago. And look, largely, that is what happened. Uh, They did get buried. But I will say that there is one key difference between what happened to the Revival and what happened to the Ascension. Hit me. The Ascension got buried by a bunch of legends. All these old teams came in and beat them up, and it was to no benefit. It was to make all of these old guys look good. I would say that, look, the Revival and the club had a very short match. It was two minutes, two and a half minutes, something like that. But it was for the benefit of the Balor like Club. Someone. It, it was to build up a current like group on the show. At least somebody who's going to be here next week got something good out of that segment. This may surprise you, Justin, but I'm actually not going to he- sit here and be like, this was horrible, how dare they? Because I think as long as next Monday Night Raw, Scott Dawson gets to get on the mic and be like, yeah, well, it took eight of them, Jack. What are you going to do? These bunch of old guys, they knew they couldn't hang with the top guys. And I feel like ultimately if they get that yeah. and a win over some uh, local talent... They're probably not all that hurt by it, to yeah. be honest, because I think they are a much better act than the Ascension. You couldn't give Connor the mic and have him rescue them out of that. E- exactly. Scott Dawson can talk his way out of a burial in a I way hope. that Victor is not able exactly. to. But if they if they don't give them that time, I have great concern. Justin, can I say one moment on the show I did really like? Sure. Mark Henry and the Godfather backstage, where Mark Henry thinks it's one of the Godfather's hoes, but the closing of the loop of the Godfather character is that the Godfather is now married. <laughs> it was so great to me. Just Mark Henry being so surprised, like, oh, you settled down? <laughs> like it was I just loved that. So it was only two minutes, but I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, no, there there was some good stuff. Look, I I didn't like that the poker game oh, ran st- all what? night long. Who could like that? But I did like that it happened initially. Like it was yes. fun to see the, the APA back in their <laughs> element. And look, it's a simple way to do backstage segments like that that they don't do anymore. You know, yeah. like we don't get because those poker games would often lead to feuds and rivalries. Like, the entire thing between Test and Albert and the APA was born out of one of those poker games. Well, I know we look back on it a little uh, 
poorly, but it was WWE ECW's big thing was like feuds over those backstage segments. And and, it, 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 and I think in some cases it really worked. It's just an example of showing us what the wrestlers are doing yeah. when they're backstage. Like, I feel like this is kind of your thing. And they don't do that anymore. Am I safe in saying this is like a thing? I feel like this is a platform yeah, for you. I push like, for that all the time. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. It's I think like you're right even about just it. pulling up in a limo. Like literally any of the backstage segments that we used to get because like – Everything just feels so disjointed, disconnected. Like even the the GM's office doesn't even look like an office anymore. It's just like a flat curtain with a television and a poster. Yeah. I now Justin, we only have a minute left here. I feel like we can exit this round as we're talking about the Undertaker a little bit. Yes, let's do that. Uh I'll say this. I loved his entrance. I thought the really stripped down, like exact opposite of what we normally see in a small building was awesome. I thought it was unbelievably cool. Boy, I thought as soon as he started talking, it really sucked. I mean, I've seen a lot of people being like, Undertaker's never really been a good promo. That People are saying that. That is true. Not, it's true, to a, true to a level. Right. He was never Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was yes. never CM Punk. He was never Mick Foley. But, he, but he people could, acting like this is always how the Undertaker have been, please at me, J0SHC on Twitter, and show me an Undertaker promo where he just rambles and you have no idea what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, he looked a little lost at times. A little? At times, it for was, sure. Do, like, do you think he's retired after that? Sort of, because he, <laughs> he said, like, it is time to truly rest in peace. But all I'm reading online is that he's facing Cena at WrestleMania, and there was no hint of that <laughs> at all on this show. Ooh, yeah, Overall, yeah. did you like it or not? No. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> and we will go from there right into round number two. Round two. Fight. <laughs> Justin Hey, Philadelphia. Is that a song? I think so. I don't think so. Well, it sounds like the a song to me, but... of Philadelphia. Is that no, a song? No, 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 Yeah, you know, Bruce Springsteen, he wrote that song about the AIDS movie with Tom Hanks. Never heard of him. What's your favorite Tom Hanks movie? <laughs> Castaway. Should be Philadelphia, because, Justin, that is where NXT TakeOver takes place this Saturday Bud, night. But that's the movie I was just talking about. Bud, I'm aware! <laughs> Justin, this card on paper to me, uh, once again, TakeOver's done it. I am not as, if you'll recall last time we did a TakeOver preview for uh, yes. War Games, I was talking about how I was more anticipating that than almost anything else in mm -hmm. my life yeah. for a long time. I don't feel that way about this NXT card. And I can tell you why. I'll tell you exactly why. Go ahead. There's a very brief turnaround in the window between TakeOvers from the uh, Survivor Series TakeOver yep. to the Rumble TakeOver. And you know what falls in between those two things? Tell me. Christmas holidays. Oh. So it's a short turnaround. That's You've the one got like about Jesus. a month and a half, maybe just under two months to get fired up for another pay-per-view. And there's a probably two-week to three-week window in there where you're not really paying attention to professional wrestling because... It's the holiday season, and yeah. you're spending time with your family. I don't know if I So it's hard for you to feel, like, super invested in a build in that big of a turnaround, I, I think. I think that's right, and, and uh, in the name of all clarity, I also haven't watched the go-home show for it. I haven't watched this week's NXT. We're recording this Thursday afternoon. I haven't seen yesterday's NXT yet. But I still, when shame. I look at, I know, shame How on me. How dare you. Yeah, Josh Rosenberg over here. <laughs> but I will say, oh, should we, okay, should we talk about Peter Rosenberg we'll do for a minute? We'll save it before, before Mailbag. Okay. Uh, but when I look at this card, Justin... 
There are uh, matches that I want to see happen. Yeah? Uh, how about we start here? Cassius Ono versus Velveteen Dream. This was a late addition to the card. Yeah, I think just yesterday. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and I think it'll be good. I One of the things that I did not like about NXT over the la- last little while, mm-hmm. the, over the build to this show, which is part of the reason why maybe I wasn't super on board and following along week to week, is that the number one guy I was invested in after War Games was Velveteen Dream. Right. And he didn't really seem to be on TV or involved with anything for like a month after that show, which I think is a huge mistake and them not really realizing what they had or maybe already having plans in place and not wanting to alter them despite the fact that there was a massively over brand new star on their roster. Sometimes we talk about this on the show more as it pertains to the main roster and I think recently Rusev where it's just like sometimes, sometimes whatever the plans are, you need to just hit a a U-turn on it. If lightning strikes... Let it catch fire. 100%. And I'd like to explore this for a little bit. Like, what? I think anything else with Velveteen Dream, had he been on TV, and I think Ono is a good opponent for him, somebody who will, I suspect Velveteen Dream will win here, but, but somebody who, you know, has some personality, yeah, I mean, can have a good match. How did these guys not get a valuable Chris team? Hero is the new Tyler Breeze. In yes. some ways, just jobber to the stars. That you know, is... He's never going to get his moment, but he is reliably excellent and is going to make these guys that they do need to get some big wins look like a million bucks in the matches I he has with them. I don't know how that hadn't occurred to me. I love that comparison. And it, it is strange to me, though, because Velveteen Dream, like you said, I feel like everyone, that was lots of people's match of the year, all this sort of thing, certainly feud of the year contender, and to not strike while the iron was hot, there is a giant gaffe on WWE's part. But that said, I'm pretty excited to watch him and Cassius Ono get it done on Saturday. Yeah, and that'll probably be the opening match, I would imagine. Safe assumption. Uh, And something to get fired up about right off the hop. I am curious to see how Philly treats Velveteen Dream. Because obviously, San Antonio or wherever they were for I think it was San Antonio. Was it? I think Uh, Somewhere in Texas. Yeah. Uh, They loved that guy. They were 1,000% 1,000% on board with that character. Oh, yeah. And I think Philly is a pretty good smart crowd as well, so I do give them a lot of credit and think that they will probably treat him like the star that he is, that we know him to be. Yep. But, uh, yeah, one of my things that I'm most looking forward to on this show is just like, look, there hasn't been a ton of Velveteen Dream over the last little while in NXT, as we said. Uh, is that going to hurt him, or is this crowd just going to absolutely love this guy on the strength of that match with Black? Uh, there's also reason to think that this might be a very good match. The second wrestler in a row who's a striker that Velveteen Dream's facing, uh, going from Aleister Black to Cassius Ono, probably familiar with the style. Ono, obviously a little bigger and slower, but I, I think there's reason to think that these guys could put on a pretty good match. I'm curious. Velveteen Dream's early enough in his career, and I've seen so little of him, that every match he's in from here on out is going to be part Part I'm going to enjoy the match, and part I'm going to be, where's this guy at? And I think yeah. that's interesting. No, absolutely. Uh, Justin, up next here is the man we just talked about. It's Alistair Black versus Adam Cole in an Extreme Rules match. This is uh, this is going to be like the Cody versus Ibushi oh. of this card. It's a fucking handsome battle. Here. Yeah, it really is a couple good-looking fellas. <laughs> Who do you think is better looking, Alistair Black or Adam Cole? Look, I'm not a lady. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you can see But uh, I would say Adam Cole might be the most handsome man in all of WWE. Right I like now. how you phrased it as, I'm not a lady, as if <laughs> one person thinks you're a lady. Ah, I'm, I could be. You never know. <laughs> well, I guess. I'm just, I should know. I'm just saying, you know, maybe my taste in men doesn't jive with what women sure. want. Yeah. But I'm just saying, Adam Cole is a very handsome man. He's probably the best looking dude in all of the company. Do you not feel like his face is kind of. No, of course. He's extremely. Extremely gorgeous. Uh, no, no, he's got a punchable face, but part of what makes it so punchable 
is how smug and handsome he is. And it's perfection. Like, if he was uglier, I wouldn't hate him as much. You right. Know? It's yeah. like he has everything and he's still a villain. What the fuck could, what more do you so, want, So bud? does that mean I'm ugly because you like me? No, oh, yeah, very much so. Ah, it does yeah. make sense. I think Alistair I pose Black. with you in photos all the time because I look better <laughs> standing next to you. It's true. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think Alistair Black's better looking. And that ends our wrap-up for this match. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the hard-hitting. No, uh, I, th- I think it's going to be, it's going to be really good. Like I, I didn't know that it had the extreme rules stipulation. That's right. Yeah, uh, I think also added last night, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and I would imagine that in that case, Black will probably lose. Yeah, because I would Fish think and O'Reilly. that Fish and O'Reilly get involved with no disqualification. Justin, I feel like this is going to be a take I'm about to say here that people aren't going to like very much. Okay. Okay. So just uh, maybe fast forward 30 seconds if you're listening to this. But I think there's reason to think that this is going to be mediocre as a match. Really? Uh, yeah. Adam Cole as a singles wrestler has never been anybody that does it for me. I what, I can't think of my favorite Adam Cole match, and I've watched a great deal of him. Uh, I, I don't see this giant upside with him. Alistair Black, I think again a guy I think we both really like, but I see. Some some criticism, and I think there's probably water to it, that his moveset's a little limited, so in longer matches, he's not going to be able to shine quite as much. Now, the extreme rule step definitely helps them out, but I, I have my expectations sort of set for this one. And listen, nobody likes an extreme rules match more than me. I'm the hardcore fella, but uh, I, I'm hoping Adam Cole can really give me something to, to chew on. Well, here. I'm going to tell you right now, I think this match is going to be really good. Good. I think that Alistair Black is one of the most talented wrestlers on planet Earth. You know that I feel that way. Yeah. And I also think that Adam Cole is better than you're giving him credit for. That's probably true. He's had great matches in NXT with Eric Young, and I don't think EY is, like, the the best worker in the world. He's not bad, obviously. Well, I do think EY (laughs) is the best worker in the world. (laughs) But, like, they've they've been really good together in the matches that they've had. Uh, I think that Alistair Black is a better wrestler than Eric Young, and if he can have a good match with EY, then he can probably have a great match with Alistair Black. Styles make matches, I guess that's true, yeah, and, and Young does work more of like a brawling style, I think, that makes things viscerally exciting. And he always lets guys hit him with that amazing back body drop that he tells, and just go soaring through the air. It's yeah, so yeah. Um, I thought Adam Cole was great in war games. Obviously, everyone yes. was great in war games. Yeah. And you can say that, like, well, it's a gimmick match. But an extreme rules match where we expect Fish and O'Reilly to interfere, it's kind of a gimmick match also. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of cause to feel optimistic that the same things we loved about Cole in the war games match could hold true here. It's probably my most anticipated match on this card. Oh, awesome. Uh, though I am also looking forward very much to the NXT title match, which we'll get to in just a Absolutely. second. Absolutely. Uh, Justin, now we move on to a match that I am just f- f- fired up for. It's Fish and O'Reilly versus the Authors of Pain for the NXT Tag Titles. I haven't disliked anything that either of these teams have been involved in for the past three years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm all in on this match. I- I'm very excited. Now, again, ca- can the Authors do it without the-, the smoke and mirrors, the even bigger multi-man matches? The only example we really have is the DIY match, and even that was ladder. So this is their first sort of pure tag team match for the belts. I'm really excited for this match. I mean, we've seen them have good matches with, like, heavy machinery. Yep. And look, I think there's a lot of appeal to a big-time Haas battle like that that doesn't exist with Fish and O'Reilly. But I would also say, again, that Fish and O'Reilly are better wrestlers than heavy machinery. They're probably better wrestlers than Than most people on the roster. Yeah, Yeah. you're not wrong about that. Um, So I do feel like there's cause for optimism here. I don't know who's going to win, ultimately. Yeah. Because... 
I like part of me is thinking, well, authors of pain have to lose because they should be done in NXT. But I don't think they're going to get called up until after Mania. So I do kind of see them picking up the belts again and having one last hurrah on Mania weekend as champions and then going out that way, perhaps. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that you put the belts on them when you put the belt on Adam Cole and they can do the the shield thing where one of them has the singles title and the tag team has the tag belts. And I don't, as Adam Cole isn't fighting for the title this week, I, I don't see it. I, I think Authors of Pain retain for basically the exact same reasons you laid out. Although, Well, they're going to win them. Cause yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. That's right. Yeah. The, Fish and O'Reilly have the belts right now. Sorry. Yeah. I, I think what I'm trying to say is I think Cole and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly are all crowned on one takeover together. Probably the one of the Mania weekend. Probably the one after, I would imagine, because I think I know where we're going in the main event picture, as we will discuss in just a moment after we. Oh, I think we disagree on talk it. about the women's match here. Oh, yeah, there's a couple of women are wrestling. Uh, Shayna Baszler, the the debuting on a takeover. Shayna Baszler, the pro, pro MMA fighter. Shayna Baszler. I am a fan of Shayna. The Baszler. ECCW alumni. The ECCW Shana alumni. Baszler. Shayna Baszler facing Ember Moon, who I think we both usually have. Yeah. Yeah, and this very quickly turned into like a blood feud, basically. Did you watch the little promo video? I thought it was great. I didn't. I I thought thought both the delivery sucked. I thought Ember's promo was awesome. I thought that was Ember's best promo. I thought Shayna felt very, maybe not best promo, but I've had long-standing complaints about the Ember Moon character being very unclear to me. The red eyes and like when she debuted, it was sort of like a werewolf thing with a gray Mm -hmm. streak in her hair, and now her delivery really isn't. I thought Shayna Baszler had a super detached delivery in that little video, but... uh, I don't know. I I know what Shayna can do having seen her work a like year and a half program with Nicole Matthews and ECCW, uh, and having watched that I, I know that she's super capable, yep. both in the ring and as a character performer. Uh, so I kind of, like, she hasn't really convinced me in the build to this, as you said. Sure. But this is a huge debut oh, in yeah. a marquee position. Uh, I think she's going to deliver the goods in the match. I think the oh, match yeah. should be very, very good. Uh, Ember is obviously spectacular as a worker as well. Uh, so there's a lot to look forward to in the ring and I think it'll be like I don't I see Ember retaining. I don't think Shane is going to win it right Ooh, now. Oh, I disagree. Too soon, um, but uh, like this is a, a big opportunity for Shane to be like made as a marquee talent in NXT because all these call ups and we're kind of expecting more to happen pretty soon. NXT needs more women to be at that top level. There's a yep. lot of ladies in NXT right now, maybe more than there ever have been, but none of them really feel like a huge deal. Yeah. Shayna has the potential to certainly be that, and uh, I think it needs to happen basically this weekend. I don't have a great deal to add to that except to say that I think this will be your sleeper match of the night on the card. Uh, I think there's a lot of reason. I think this is going to be extremely hard-hitting with these two matched up. It's going to have some ground offense. Ember will fly around. I think it's going to be a great match. And you think Baszler's going to win the title? I think Shayna Baszler wins the title. Oh, wow. Bold choice. Is I, it? I disagree, but we'll see who's right ultimately. Debuting in a title match for a loss seems bizarre to me. Um, I guess, but she could also, like, look amazing in the defeat. For know? sure. Yep. Like, we are completely enamored with Velveteen Dream, and he didn't win his match. It's a great point, but he also didn't debut for the title. That's but, true. But all the same, let's talk about this title match. I mean, what do you got to say? It's Andrade Cien Almas, the best wrestler on planet Earth. I would say the difference, just to say one more thing about that, is that we get multiple men's programs in the same card. 
for an NXT, there's really only one match for women, and that is the title match. True. Uh, so Andrade Cien Almas versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship. Justin, how do we feel about this match? Well, there's one of two ways that this can go. As I talked about Caitlin when uh, with Caitlin when you plugged your ears because you didn't want to hear about it like uh, oh, a month ago. on the year-end show. Yeah, is that Gargano wins... And then we get the returning Ciampa attacking him to set up a Ciampa versus Gargano title match. Oh, I hate that. Or Gargano loses because Ciampa attacked him before the match. Yeah, was I over. like that. That's what I want. You want Gargano versus Ciampa for the title or no title? Not for the title. All I right. want CN to to retain. Well, if you want Adam Cole to be a title contender, you need a babyface champion. You know? Who's treating CN almost like a heel? Uh, Not me. <laughs> no, I know we both love him. <laughs> But, like, he is a heel, and I don't know that you really have a clear babyface challenger. I guess, actually, Aleister Black versus that's, that's Andrade right. Cien Almas could be the title match for the Mania weekend. Oh, is that not what you think's happening? I would just rather see Gargano versus Ciampa be the title program because I think that's oh. your biggest blood feud. Oh, see, okay, so I think we're just torn on the, the Black Cole one. We both have the winner of that going to be the next uh, challenger. Yeah. Uh, no, I think, I think Black's, it's going to be Black versus Almas. With uh, Ciampa costing Gargano the match. Now, it's worth noting, and what leans into to your theory here is, on takeovers, they don't do like a lot of run-in fucky finishes. So, maybe not. Who knows? You might be right. Yeah, maybe maybe Ciampa comes out after the match is done to yeah. set up our next program. I, I think, uh, I don't want almost to have a brief title reign here, because I think he's great. But I also feel like Gargano, with the title, before he gets called up, would be great as well. <laughs> And that was 15 minutes. 15. And before we move on to round number three, it's time for the return of the people's segment. Here it is. Sunday Night Tweet. Ah, Josh, you want to tell the people what happens every week on Sunday Night Tweet? <laughs> Justin, you know I would love to do that, bud. Oh, then do it. Here I go. Sure. Justin, every week I, Joshua Custodio, uh, go over uh, Twitter.com, the website, and I look I over. love that place. It's a great spot. Yeah, you, know, you go. You get a little account. You t- it's like Facebook yeah, status, like jokes and stuff. Yeah, I make news a joke. Updates. Oh, it's got it and all. Just random obs- observations about the world at large. Here's what I say about Twitter.com. It only has everything. Yes. Uh, I go on that website and including I look Nazis. <laughs> <coughs> well, hopefully not for much longer. But Boy. it doesn't seem like they want to do <laughs> anything about it. It's really so. hard for me to carry momentum. I mean, there. here's the thing: you also build what you want to see, and I don't want to see any Nazis on Twitter. So I then don't. why do you follow all I of them? I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Justin, I go on Twitter.com, my Nazi-free version, and I uh, I search for uh, active members of the WWE roster. I look through their Twitter accounts. And I pull five tweets each week that you have to guess based off of next to no information. Just how many guys are on the WWE roster? Probably close to like 135, I A lot of people. and break it down from Raw and SmackDown and NXT, it's a lot of It's a lot of people. And Justin, based off of only the tweet read aloud, must guess who the tweeter in question is. Do you understand the rules, Justin? I always do, yes. Then, Justin, why don't we get it started? Let's do it. The first tweeter, Justin, tweets a picture of the new Fallout Boy album, Mania. Mania. Uh, and uh, so they tweet a picture of it and they say, ah, I think they're incapable of making a bad record. At Fallout Boy, hashtag Mania. <sighs> Who on the roster is a big fan of Fallout Boy. Yeah, this is someone who thinks that they've never made a bad record. They are simply incapable of doing it. This is uh, an A-plus tier band to this performer. Uh, I would think that it's probably someone on the younger side. That seems like a safe assumption uh, as Fallout Boy's try- music for children. And I'm trying to think of like who is a young person on the roster. No, you know what? 
I don't. He's not that young, but he presents as young. Oh. Au contraire, my frère, mon frère. I'm going to say <laughs> it's T.J. Perkins. Oh, Justin, I like the guess because he's young and stupid, but it is not T.J. Perkins, Justin. It is. It's T.J.P. It's the, <laughs> the, the architect, Seth oh, Rollins. Oh, you fuck. You know what? Seth's music taste is is not good. He had that tweet a couple weeks ago about how he hates Wilco. Oh, yeah. yeah what, just, how are you still a fan of this guy? Because his in-ring and his character work Wait, and he, he's a beauty. and he, right, he loves Fallout Boy and, likes, and hates Wilco. You know what else he likes? Sour beers. It's enough with Seth Rollins already, <laughs> folks. It's over. Justin, are you ready for the that's, second tweet this that's week? That's Mike's impression of Seth Rollins. <laughs> the, the, the guy meets him one time. They go out for dinner <laughs> together. And the waitress comes over. And she says, what will it be? And Seth says, I like sours. Oh, this fucking guy, <laughs> Seth Rollins. Justin, are you ready for tweet number two this week? Or Yes. Okay, Justin. Tweet number two reads, and I'm just going to read this one verbatim. Okay. okay? Short. Hashtag NXT Award Tag Team. Has to go to hashtag sanity. Hashtag NXT award tag team has to go to hashtag sanity. Yeah, so placing a vote for uh, the tag team sanity to win these NXT awards. Uh, NXT award tag team is the hashtag. Now, typically, tweet number two belongs to Noam Dar. But I think you're trying to throw me off here because there's nothing weird in the dialect of this tweet. Hashtag NXT Award Tag Team is a weird hashtag. Well, it is a, it is a hashtag, though, and people were voting on that. I'm going to say uh, I'm gonna say it's Eric Young voting for himself. Oh, you know I love me some EY, Justin, best worker in the world, but it is not Eric Young, Justin. Yeehaw! It's Sarah oh, Logan. Oh, fuck. I should have known Sarah Logan. I just thought she would come a little <laughs> later in the show. She's always hiding somewhere. Oh. Sarah Logan. Giddy up, man! Just are you ready for the third? You know what? Liv Morgan had an unreal sequence on SmackDown this week. Don't you remember when we were watching it? Yeah, here it was a very ago? similar to that. Yeah. yeah, we were talking about how impressed we were with her reversal sequence in that match that she had with, I want to say, Aaliyah. Uh, but this was, was it Aaliyah? Yeah, but this was with Naomi, and Naomi was doing all these spinning kicks, and, and Liv kept... was dodging all of them, and then finally connected with one at the end. It was an incredible sequence from Liv Morgan, and also an incredible sequence from Naomi. Absolutely. They were both working at top speed. It was awesome. The knee that when it connected looked It was brutal. one of the best sequences I've seen in a women's match in a very long time. It was really excellent. Uh, Justin, the third tweet this week is uh, one of those quote tweets that the kids like. Okay? Sorry, I just had to go out of my way to compliment something cool that happened in relation to the Riot Squad because that literally <laughs> never happens. It's the first and last <laughs> thing that is cool. Can we, can we talk about Riot Squad for a second? Sure. Uh, I actually don't really have one thing to say. Who would have thought Ruby Riot would end up being the worst of them all from she's, Absolution? She's or, good in the ring, but like... She's okay in the ring. She's slow. What they're trying to do with her as a character, she can't... She's she can't do it. She's slow in the ring too. The spots are she is she moves like molasses. I think she is being miscast right now. I agree. Like she's not good, but I wouldn't put it on her. Here we go, Justin. The third tweet this week is a quote tweet that the kids love, and the they do love them. The the tweet being quoted says, "Hey, at the tweeter in question, Dirty baby, I got your money. Don't you worry. <laughs> Did you check at WWE's latest poll? The tweeter in question quotes that tweet and says. I don't follow them. I don't follow <laughs> Referring them. to their employer, WWE. Uh, I don't. 
don't follow them. Yeah, so somebody who's bragging about not following their employer. I'm going to say Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, that does say it would be fitting, but Justin, you are 0 for 3. It's the Bulgarian brute. It's Rusev Day. Oh, damn, I'm, this is my worst... My tweet, Sunday night tweet ever. That's okay, Justin. Only I, gets... I didn't even get what day of the week the tweets are. <laughs> I'm 0 for 4 in some respects. It's not a good look for me right now. But you're now. 4 for 4 in my heart, Justin, I as we move along. That. Are you ready? Yes. If you go to a place like the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History and are humbled and overwhelmed by feelings of inadequacy, then you are arrogant scum and I want nothing to do with you. Okay, the intellectual, clearly. The, well, I guess. In some respects. Yeah, certainly somebody posing as an intellectual here. I yeah, would yeah. But uh, maybe an actual intellectual, too. Someone calling people scum. Do you want me to read the tweet again? Sure. If you go to a place like the Smithsonian Museum of Natural History and are not humbled and overwhelmed by feelings of inadequacy, then you are arrogant scum, and I want nothing to do with you. Now, I was going to guess that this would be Elias, the drifter. Oh, interesting. But I'm not going to say that because uh, I I know uh, where the Smithsonian happens to be. Where is it? I don't know. Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. You know what else was in Washington, D.C. this week? The president. Not Elias. Oh. He is on Raw. Okay. SmackDown Live was in Washington, D.C. Oh, I love when you do this. Okay. So, a heel from SmackDown Live calling the people scum and also bragging about how smart he is. Yeah. Uh, You know what? I just guessed Kevin Owens. I'm not going to do that again because I don't feel like that kind of erudite language is yes. his style. But I will go with his uh, compatriot, Sami Zayn. Justin, it is Sami Zayn! Yes! You rain man it from nowhere! Thank you. Great work. Thank you. I'm Can we talk you. about Sami Zayn for a second? Sure, yeah. That's what Sunday Night Tweet is, a reason to talk about I people. love his heel work right now. It's what it needs to be. He did an interview, I don't know with who, like three weeks ago, where he talked about how it was important for him in being a heel to not alter his character, but just play up elements yes. that already existed and he said it's exactly like when you break up with someone and all of the things you used to love about them are exactly what drives you insane about them now wow, which i thought was good. like that a is perfect, so good like grasp of like relationships in yes. some ways and also just like Man, what a genius. Like I love that. Because he really is playing the same character, just ramping up the annoying qualities of his babyface gimmick to like the maximum and muting what you might have liked about and it. And it's great. Like there's it like so often it's difficult to see the previous incarnation of the character when someone turns or changes or something like this, but this feels like a natural progression and just what a great quote as well. I love so, it. I love Sammy. Justin, are you ready for the fifth and final tweet this week? I am, yes. And Justin, as you and the people know, this is where I saved the spot for my favorite tweet of the yes, week. Yes, this is your favorite tweet. So, Justin, here it is. Uh, this is after the XFL press conference today. Okay. Ah, the XFL returning is a wonderful idea. American football has always been way too flashy. I'm sure this will be a new, more refined, wholesome beginning for the sport. Bravo, at Vince McMahon. Wow. <laughs> Wow, someone just brown nosing to the <laughs> maximum. Uh, is there a hint of sarcasm in their tweet, or do you feel like this is fully genuine? I'll say that it's fully within their gimmick. Okay. 
to be a brown noser. And to be somebody who is, uh, you know, sort of blindly supportive of uh, authority, maybe. Somebody okay. who, uh, certainly somebody who would think that American football is too flashy, you know. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, the no flip zone himself, Drew Gulak. Justin, oh my goodness, from absolutely nowhere, it is Drew Gulak. Oh, I redeemed myself. How did you get that? I just felt like you, your hint there about him being... Uh, uh, obedient to authority and hating flashiness. Like that's wow. kind of that's Drew Gulak to a T. I love the guy. And look, I there's a lot of people pushing for him to be the new general manager of 205 Live. I don't think the GM of of show should be an active wrestler on a show. No, and he should be champion. Yeah, and a lot of people are saying, like, oh, Rockstar Spud needs to be GM. See, that's what I think. No, but he should also be an active wrestler on the show. They're so packed right now, though. He can debut as a GM and then eventually get involved in a challenged into a feud. Yeah, I think that's way more interesting. The, The rumor that I'm hearing going around right now is that they want it to be someone serious, someone... Uh, that would be a real authority figure in the okay. same way that William Regal is on NXT, oh. and that someone is Dean Malenko. Dean could Malenko. You, could you get down with that? Huh, the Iceman. Yeah, uh, as the authority figure. Of it's interesting. Live. He's not much of a talker, He is a though. backstage agent, so he's already in the company. I, I'll say my initial feelings aren't very warm towards that, but... Like it remains to be seen. A I guess cruiserweight legend, though, also. for sure. Yeah, he fits. He fits a lot of it, but he, he's always been a little bland on Mike. I guess. I think they could make it fun, though. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I I think it's a good pick. I'm not. We'll see what happens next. Justin, week, I feel so conflicted about how you did on this episode of Sunday Tweet because it's only two for five, but I feel like you got the two hardest ones. Yeah. Like way out of the back pocket. I really fumbled the first. And you know what? When you read the Fallout Boy one. Seth was the first person I thought of. <sighs> I just didn't want to guess him because I didn't want his music tastes to be that bad. Well, you know? Here we are. That Wilco tweet was really upsetting for me. <laughs> and with that, let's move on <laughs> to round number three. Round three. Fight. Justin, as I recall, your uh, grandparents were a king and queen. Wasn't that true? Oh, uh, yeah. I am uh, the prince of podcasting. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Very good. Yeah, I know that there's, uh, in the Morissette family, there's a uh, royal blood. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. No, in your family, was there any sort of infighting ever? Uh, no. Are you sure? I mean, po- I, uh, now that you mention it, <laughs> my great-great-grandfather yeah. did kill all of his siblings oh. to ensure succession. Well, at that point, you could only call that <laughs> a Royal Rumble. <laughs> I, that was the most tenuous intro you've ever had. Thank you. I'm into it. Well, the the fun thing about me, Justin, is I don't know what the word tenuous means. <laughs> so I, I think that's a compliment. <laughs> I uh, it's a fun thing about me is uh, you could have that could mean anything. Yeah, I have I don't no know. clue. It probably does. Yeah, <laughs> tenuous. Yes, uh, <laughs> Justin, we have uh, the Royal Rumble pay per view this Sunday. And uh, for the first time ever, there's two Royal Rumbles on it. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of interesting, I think. Yes. Uh, I mean, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they place them on the card. That's my first question. separate them a little bit. Where is the Women's Royal Rumble? Uh, if Ronda Rousey debuts in the Rumble and wins it, I think the Women's Rumble is the main event of the show. Okay, so I don't agree with you. I don't think it's the main event, but I do think it's after the men's one. That is the biggest image you can go off the air with it would be the biggest headline that you could possibly have out of this show it would be a massive news story on monday morning if ronda debuts and wins the rumble and heads to wrestlemania (laughs) to face 
Asuka. It would be insane. Like, the hype train on that would be enormous. Well, the nice and thing about Asuka is they could just to shoot. close the show. Yeah, if if that's the case, I could see that. I still think the the, the universal title is your main event. The, the triple threat of Brock, Kane, and Braun. I don't know. Like, the, the Cena... Rollins Brock it's like match, in the middle of the card, right? Yeah, it was not the last thing on the show, and it was clearly the best thing on that show. For sure, I think you, I think, um, in terms of pure storytelling and what makes sense in the overall order, I do agree that it makes more sense to have your title match earlier, mm-hmm. like they did on that one, so you know who your champion is first, and then you get the Mania Challenger after. There is a, like something that makes a great deal of sense about that, right? So, I do think that one of the two Rumble matches is main eventing this show. It just depends on what they're doing with Rousey. If they, if they are, in fact, going to pull the trigger on debuting her here. I've seen a lot of people complain that, oh, you don't want her first appearance to be an unpromoted rumble thing. Dumb complaint. Uh, like the, the rumble shouldn't be her first match. A, it's not a real match. <sighs> and B, you do want people's debuts yeah. to be on Duh. pay-per-views. That's what makes pay-per-views worth watching, like, especially the Rumble, which you go in knowing is going to be full of surprises. What a horrible argument for so many reasons. But a lot of people have been making it. Well, I'll tell them that. Uh, I, can I swear on the show? Yep. Shut up, you dopes. <laughs> yeah, shut up. It's enough. Close your pie holes already. It's yeah. enough. Uh, let, well, we're on it. Let's talk about it. Justin, who's winning this women's uh, Royal Rumble? If it's not Ronda, I do feel like it should be Becky Lynch. Yeah. Because I feel like the only clear program that you have set in stone, the only one that we know has been not just like hinted at, but also like... It's it's they've been they've been allies, which has kept them from fighting, and yep. that makes the matchup fresh. And also, I think it's the best story you can tell. We did see hints on SmackDown this week of a Charlotte heel turn. Yeah. in the promo that she cut promoting the Rumble, heel Charlotte is the best Charlotte. Agreed. I want her to be a heel again. Becky Lynch is the natural top babyface uh, in the women's division in either women's division, to be perfectly honest. Mm. I I'd think. have to think about that, but certainly on SmackDown. Um and. That's going to be a great match, Charlotte versus Becky. Uh, I think that they should build to that through the Rumble. My only thing is, I also see a SmackDown person winning the Men's Rumble, so it is entirely right. possible that they don't want to do that on both of them. And we do get Ronda, who would probably be on Raw, and oh yes, yeah, certainly, and right. uh, somebody from SmackDown winning the Men's Rumble. I just don't see them double dipping on the SmackDown side, and I don't see a guy on the Raw side winning the Men's Rumble at all. Yeah, I I, I think that there's reason to think that they wouldn't have the same brand win both Rumbles. Uh, and it's boring to do, but I also really do feel like Becky Lynch is your your winner here. I don't think Ronda's debuting in the Rumble for what it's worth. I um, mean, Oscar hypothetically could win. And, and then why? and then she's the the challenger at Mania, but I think it's probably better to have her win the title at Elimination Chamber and be well, the champion going into WrestleMania. What, why would you need her to win the Rumble to have claim to the title? She's never she's on what a hundred and fifty. She's already fight beaten streak. the champion twice. Yeah, she she's on a streak. Well, like she could try challenge for the title at any time, and no one's gonna be like, "Well, does she deserve?" Everyone thinks she deserves. I it just already. think she is a good pick to, like, run the table against every woman in the Rumble, you know? Like, that's why I would see her winning sure. it. Not necessarily that she needs it. And, in fact, I think her being the champion going into WrestleMania 
would be interesting because you're putting her streak on the line against a raw women woman winning the title, True. perhaps, yeah. uh, or winning the rumble rather. Um, I think you see a joint spot from Tamina and Nia to uh, get rid of her. That's probably true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I just think Becky versus Charlotte is for sure going to be the women's match on the SmackDown side. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it, and I just think yeah, Becky, she's been out of the spotlight for long enough after like kind of carrying the SmackDown women's division as the face of it yep. for at least the first six to eight months of the brand split um, and has been kind of out of the top picture and gone filming a movie for some time also that like people have been able to miss her and want to see her in that spot again. Absolutely. Yeah. Boring to do, but I have the, the exact same pick. Justin, let's move on here uh, to what I think is probably your likely opener here. It's the Usos versus Gable and Benjamin in a two out of three falls match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Uh, I think it's going to be a great match. Yep. Uh, I think this might be the best match of this show, honestly. For sure. Uh, I actually think that as as much as I hate to be like, Enzo getting fired for being a rapist is a good thing. Uh, but like, <laughs> You think it's a bad thing. Well, no. I just think that there is a benefit to it because removing that match from the show yeah. and no longer having a Cruiserweight title match means there's extra time to go around. And I think this match is probably going to get the bulk of it. Yeah. And there's plenty of reason to believe that this match is going to be excellent. Now, I'm going to say that I... Did shit on Shelton Benjamin a little bit last time we talked about him uh, in that I talked about uh, that pre-show match where Shelton and Gable took on the Hype Bros before they broke up. Right. And uh, I thought Shelton was the worst person in that four-man <laughs> match, in a match that also included Mojo Rawley. Yeah. Uh, but I've been watching some older clips recently, and Shelton... Like, of 10 years ago, was a guy who could really go. He was ahead of his time He was then. incredible. Yeah. Uh, and I would love to see some some great stuff from him. We know that Gable is reliably great. The of Usos course. are excellent. Did you watch the singles match this week on I SmackDown? Did. Boy, I loved that. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. super awesome. The finish to it was great. The, that he uses that as a finisher now, the roll through. Yeah, Forget and even the it. tweet afterwards that the refs can't take that oh, away. Like, I, there is a part of me that's like, well, he won the match on the go-home, which means they're not going to win the titles. But I do feel like you need, to not be true. you need a title change on this show somewhere. I don't think that it's time for Seth and Jordan to lose the Raw titles, as we'll discuss in just a second. So it's probably going to come here. And boy, howdy, am I ready for it. Chad Gable is so great uh, that anyone could be his tag partner, and I would want to see him win the belts. Yeah, I, I still feel like this guy just needs to be in the singles division. Like uh, I, I think in American Alpha, he's shown bright, and here he's shown bright. Like I feel like he shines brighter than both of his tag team partners we've seen him with. I'm very ready for the singles. Future Chad U.S. champion, Chad Gable. Dude, it writes itself. Uh, Justin, you just touched on it. Uh, Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins for Sheamus and Cesaro. What's going on here? How I don't want to see the bar get the belts back. Yeah. They've had them. It's like been these two teams for quite a long time. I'm honestly surprised that this is not a four-way because it certainly seemed like we were heading that way over yeah, the last couple of weeks. Did something happen? Because like the bar and Seth and Jordan were all getting mixed up with the club yeah. and uh, Titus Worldwide. It seemed like we were going to get those four teams all together. And maybe that will happen at Elimination Chamber. Yeah, I think that has to be it. It'll be Titus's best match if it happens. Yeah, look, you and I both suspect that once Seth and Jordan lose the tag titles, which they will soon, whether it's this weekend or at Elimination Chamber, they're going to implode, and that is each other's Mania matchup. And, I, and I'm very much excited for that as a Mania program. However, I think the time is not right for them to lose the belts right now. You want to drag out that tension even further. Have them lose them. 
at Elimination Chamber to who, I don't know. I don't really care, honestly. Yeah. But, like, build that tension of the two of them not really clicking as a tag team even more, even longer than what they've already done. It's time uh, for these two teams to kind of part ways after this one. So have one last blow-off between the bar, and I know it was Seth and Dean largely, but still Seth and these guys. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the match will be good, but I don't want to see this pairing anymore after it's done. This isn't normally something we jump into in these rounds, but I'm just curious. Uh, what do you think is the better match? The Usos versus uh, Gable and Benjamin or Rollins and Jordan versus Shazar? The SmackDown. Yeah, I think so too. Like yeah. I think both the build and my expectations for it going in are, are higher on the SmackDown side, which is interesting. Yeah, because the SmackDown tag division, despite the fact that we constantly compliment it as one of the key strengths of the show, is never really given that much time or spotlight on yeah. the actual joint brand pay-per-views. And I think they'll get it here. Justin, let's I mean, move on to the handicap match because we are almost out of time. The in SmackDown this tag division didn't even have a match at Mania last That's year. That's right. Uh, Justin, AJ Styles defending his WWE championship against the team of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the handicap match. Tell me what's happening. Uh, Kevin Owens has been rumored, has been working injured, and that's why oh. he tapped out immediately on Tuesday night, and he's been skipping house shows and stuff. I still think that they're going to play it like that was a tactic. He hmm. tapped out early to save himself for Sunday and let Sammy take the ball. Oh, I hadn't considered that. That's good. So that there's going to build tension between the two of them that way. You definitely know that Shane and Brian are going to get involved in this in some way. Yes. I see AJ retaining and taking the belt to WrestleMania. Who he faces, I'm not quite sure yet. Uh, but this whole Shane, Brian, Sammy, Kevin thing is going to spin off into its own thing separate from the title. It might even overshadow the title once we get to WrestleMania I time, honestly. I don't know where that's going, but I do feel like what they've been doing over the last month or so is just treading water before we get to the big reveal of where this angle has been building to all along. Yeah, so. I think on Monday, or rather Tuesday, they even further teased it with, uh, I think, Zayn outright saying, or no, sorry, AJ outright saying that he thought Daniel Bryan was in cahoots with Zayn and uh, Kevin Owens. And so. Shane questioning Daniel's ability as a general manager. Uh, that's right. As well. So uh, I, there, I have enjoyed the bulk of this story, and I think I can get back into it pretty quickly once we actually move towards where we're really going. Yeah. Um, but right now I'm kind of bored of it a little bit. I do think this is going to be a really good match. Am I though. a fool that I'm like, I've been into this the whole time. I don't know what it is about me, but from like Kevin and Shane to Kevin, Shane, uh, you, don't, you don't need to sell me, bud. I've been in, I, I still have into this feud. I really? feel like oh, an Even idiot. over the last three weeks? Uh, did, I, I just feel like I thought AJ they were, I thought has they were, been so annoying lately. He was a little flat on Tuesday, but I thought the... the, the His the, whole thing lately is like, hey, if I combine your two names, you sound like a girl's name. And also, one of you is a big fat guy. <laughs> By the way, I'm the baby face. Like, yeah, th it hasn't been perfect, but I still feel as an overarch, I'm into this feud. I thought the Sammy and AJ portion of the match on Tuesday was lights out. And uh, I thought there was a lot of good wrestling on SmackDown this week, actually. Like you said, the Liv Morgan Naomi spot, uh, Sammy's finish, and uh, Gable versus Jey Uso. I thought we're all really good, so compliments to SmackDown. Justin, the triple threat for the Universal Championship is Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman versus Kane. I'm not going to ask you if you're excited for this. I'm going to ask you how long this match goes. Uh, uh, probably about 20 minutes. You think that long? Yeah. Uh, I, I say not a minute over 12. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, Brock has a tendency of working slow, but there is three guys. So. What can Kane really do in this match? I, I don't know. I don't, I'm, I don't know how these three are going to click together in a triple threat because like, I think the key to how good that Brock triple threat at the Rumble two or three years ago now against Cena 
and uh, Rollins how good it was. Uh, the key was, of course, that uh, you had a high flyer in there. That's you right. had Seth Rollins, just a differentiation in styles that we're not going to get here. I, I'm not really interested in this match. We all know that Brock is going to retain. Yeah. I think the question is, uh, you know, he's going to pin Kane, too. We all know that, too. The question is, how do they get Braun out of the match? And it'll be to set up his Mania program. I would assume, so maybe Triple H comes out and screws him because I Something. think we all think it's building towards that. Uh, I will say, uh, hilariously, Brock Lesnar's the smallest man in this match. That's weird, <laughs> yeah. Super weird. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not a ton to add to that. Brock Lesnar, if he doesn't retain, I would legitimately be shocked. That yes. would be shocking to me. Justin, the men's rumble in the final minute. Who's winning it? Like I said, a SmackDown person, just because I, th I think, I don't know this for sure, but I think that Raw is going to do an Elimination Chamber match for the right to face Brock at Mania. Oh! So that's how they get their number one contender. Good idea. Yeah, that's good. And as a result of that, a SmackDown guy is probably going to win. I don't see Randy going two years in a row, though Randy versus AJ has not been done and could be very good. I just think oh, Nakamura, Nakamura versus AJ is the match we all want to see. Yeah. Nakamura getting a big moment could really revitalize him as well. Uh, and especially if you have something big planned for the women's match, Nakamura winning the title or winning the men's rumble doesn't feel like a letdown. Um, and I don't know. To me, it's either him or Dolph. This is going to sound uh, so stupid, but I just don't feel like it's going to be Nakamura. But if it is Dolph, I am done. I am put me. I am done. <laughs> I feel like we could get into that a little bit more. No, we'll no. do it in our wrap up okay. uh, next week. Okay. If uh, just remember that. Uh, okay, I just you know Ziggler, he, they Don't. disappeared him. Don't I, do no, not defend AJ this versus Ziggler could be Stop really it. good. Stop the it. match would be great. No, I feel like their characters would mesh together well. I. Stop it. Just stop it. Okay. You want Dolph Ziggler to vacate the U.S. title to come back and challenge for the world title? Yeah. Why would anyone want that? AJ Styles is the guy. You'd rather who see that than Nakamura SmackDown. AJ. He he built SmackDown Live on his back through hard work. The house that AJ Styles built. Yeah, and everybody loves him because of it. Dolph Ziggler is the guy who walked out on us because we didn't deserve him. They Dude, are they are oh polar opposite God. characters. I couldn't disagree with you more. I don't. I'm not saying that he should win. I'm just saying that he could win. I I would. I can't even imagine my live reaction. I'd probably break my television <laughs> at this point. I feel Which is like exactly – somebody else said that too. I would break my TV. I'm like, don't you see that that's exactly why it should happen? No, that is not why it should happen. Uh, Justin, should we get into the list? Oh, wait. We have to talk about Peter Rosenberg here we because yeah, we made yeah. a big stink on social media about him this week, and it feels like we should I mean, War Machine still has to change his name. Well, he's – let's he be honest. That guy's never going to make it in the Fed. But put yeah. him aside. <laughs> put put War Machine aside. He's, he's a bad person anyway. Yeah. Uh, Justin Peter Rosenberg. He sucks ass. Yeah, I don't have a ton to add to anything we said on Twitter this week, but some people were like, oh, you got to roast him on the show. So I'll just say this. I'm not going to roast him. I'm going to say I used to be the biggest Cheap Heat fan on earth. Me too. Uh, the David Shoemaker and him. I really thought that they had uh, uh, just this really unique. Even though it was apparent that week to week, Peter did not watch the TV ever. But sometimes I felt like that allowed David to like talk about through what was going. I didn't think it was. I thought it was a great dynamic. It was probably my favorite wrestling podcast yeah. for a year. And then Shoemaker left. And like I said on Twitter, it's the rare tag team <laughs> where they break up. And it turns out both of them are Marty Jannetty. <laughs> and I, I just want to say They need each other. They're awful. It's a own. great point because the Mass Man show isn't a whole lot better. But but it is it is much better than Cheap Heat. I haven't listened right to Cheap Heat in ages, so I, I can't speak to it. Oh, but. I gave up on Cheap Heat when he had Coach on. <laughs> and Coachman said that 
Kevin Owens needs a manager manager because he should never speak. (laughs) And I became so Uh, infuriated by that. And a lot of people were. And they wrote in to complain. And then Rosenberg screamed at the listeners. He said, you think you know more than Jonathan Coach? He worked in Bristol. Yeah. He worked for the company. (laughs) You think you know more than him? Yeah, clearly if he thinks Kevin Owens can't talk. (laughs) Kevin Owens is probably the most fluid speaker. stupid as hell. So uh, I'll say that my my uh, not liking of him has nothing to do with how his content used to be. I used to think that it was a great show, but now I think it's just obvious yeah. that I don't even know. Cheap without Shoemaker has been a um, daring journey up one man's asshole. Yeah, that's a watch good as way. Peter Rosenberg traverses up his own butt. Basically, <laughs> do we want to talk XFL before? Well, we'll do a round on the XFL next week. But yeah. but we I watched the press conference today. I'm sure you followed along on Twitter in some yep. capacity. What's just your initial feeling on the XFL? I mean, it's a big mistake. Yeah. It's going to be a big flop like it was last time. Maybe it'll be a little more successful because I do feel like they are trying to profit off of uh, you know a culture of resentment. Sure. Yeah. Uh, which I think is also very cynical. Yeah. It's you know, gross. Uh, some of our friends have talked about wanting to cancel pain for the network because they don't want to support this endeavor. Yeah. Uh, and I, I support that decision for sure. Though I think we have to see what the XFL looks like first. But also, so. I feel like they announced it today and it won't start for two years. Yeah. It's not going to start for another two and a half That's years. That's why 2020, I say. which I think like the movement that you're trying to capitalize on right now by doing this might be gone by then. Yeah, we'll do a full round on it next week. I just wanted your your initial yeah. impressions, Justin. Should we jump into the mailbag? Yeah, let's try and do this real quick too, because uh, boy howdy, I got to go to work, and I should stop saying boy howdy too. I think that's, that's okay. like seven times on this show so uh, far. Well, uh, how about one more? That's one of your catchphrases too. I stole it from you. Uh, that's okay. It's a, it's a good just one. like I say, bud. Like I stole from you too. <laughs> that's okay, bud. You're stealing your gimmick, bud. Bud, I, you're gonna go over. But I can't tell where you end and I begin anymore. It's, it's a beautiful <laughs> thing, uh, Justin. Let's breeze through. Here's one that. Uh, uh, we got that is uh, the question answer answered it better than either of us ever could but I feel like it's worth bringing up on the show when it comes to us from Fruits Are Edible Craig Tamble <laughs> Craig Tamble with a, a great question he says there are 31 episodes of Top Marks the two-parter counts as one which episode wins a Royal Rumble which episodes last the longest and shortest and which one is waiting for the winner at Mania H- hard now, question now Craig gave his own answer yeah. and he said that he would fight to the death he was prepared to get into a long, drawn-out, embittered battle over the answers that he gave. And I think he's right to feel that way because he nailed it. He nailed the answer. And here's what they are. He goes, the first episode eliminates itself. And he is right. Boy, that episode sucks. I, 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 would, I wouldn't know. Well, okay, you're good on it. Okay. You're, you're just fine. Uh, I suck. Yeah, you're, uh, you're doing your NPR voice. You are talking about this before. You're not kidding. <laughs> uh, 2017, year-end is waiting at Mania. So we loved the wrap-up. Okay. Uh, with That's Caitlin the Hawkins. champion. Yeah. Uh, the episode after getting back from Japan lasts the longest, but doesn't win. And I have further question it about went this. Because super overtime, because that's why it's the the Iron Man. He, exactly. He said that, and then he also said it was like a good episode, but he could tell. He said it was a really good episode, but he could tell I was tired at the end, so like that would eliminate yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, all the Drummer Slam episodes are contenders, collectively eliminating the most, and the winner of the Rumble is the perfect Sunday Night Tweet episode. So this is a very inside baseball question. I love it. And yeah, it shows that there are people out there who pay careful attention to each and every episode. And Craig, our best episode probably was the one where you... I, I really do appreciate that. Craig, it, I mean, I, well, what are you saying? Craig, thanks. Yeah. Really nice. Craig, I know you live in Texas, but coming out to the penny, Monday and Tuesday nights. Once yeah. again, that's commercial and gravely. 
That was nice of you to work a plug in there. Uh, Justin, how about you hit me with a question? This one comes to us from I Am Coke Now at Coca-Cola LLC. Thank you to our sponsor. <clears throat> he asks, with Nia's story with Enzo over, what two wrestlers do you think would make the most compelling on-screen couple? I thought about this on the train ride over, and I think it's Alistair Black and Velveteen Dream. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, the, the, he says compelling. Yes. Would you be in? Like, how into that would you be? Um, Hear me out. They joined the Dusty Tag Tournament as Black Velvet, and it sort of comes out that this uh, will they won't they well, they will. I don't. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know how into that I would be. Okay. I'm not. That's not to say that like. No, it's okay. We all know you're. I'm homophobic or whatever. <laughs> no, of course. Not. I just feel like that kind of would like put black in like a weird place. Okay. Going forward for I think the that's rest very of fair. his career, you know? Yeah. Like, he'll always be that gay guy with black with Velveteen Dream, which I don't I don't mean to no, say I that's a negative saying. thing. I get what you're saying. But, you know, I don't know. It's just like I see the sky being the limit for him, and yeah. that's kind of a weird thing to do with him if you see him in that capacity. I guess I'm just so interested to see what the WWE would do with a character I like just, that. that, that that's the thing is, compelling. like, I don't trust them to do it yeah, well. That's, that's why That's why I'm saying this. Very fair, Justin. Who's your answer to this question? Uh, I think that, you know, we what we saw with uh, Enzo and Nia was like a – a big little combination, oh, yeah. and I think we got a great one going on right now in the mixed match challenge that I really love a lot. Alexa and Braun, yes, that's a good is, They're just so great, honestly. They're so great. Together. It's Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's very good. But she's also super manipulative. Yeah. So, like, they put out a video from a house show this past weekend where as she was leaving the ring, Kurt Hawkins was coming out for his match, and he, like, eyeballed her or whatever, and she took great offense to the sass that she endured from Kurt Hawkins. She ran back into the locker room and screamed at Braun about how dare he disrespect me, and Braun went out and murdered Kurt really? Hawkins on her behalf. Wow. And then got on the mic and was like, how dare you disrespect my <laughs> mixed match? partner that is excellent yeah. it was so great and then afterwards a... they did a behind the scenes like a backstage promo with kurt hawkins afterwards where he was like i just don't get it <laughs> he keeps saying that i'm gonna get these hands and then it hits me with a running power I, slam i saw that on twitter it doesn't even make sense i i thought i thought the whole thing was great and if yeah. you can do that on a house show and it's super entertaining I would want to watch that on TV. Braun and Alexa is for sure my choice. Uh, it's kind of a, a Trish and Viscera thing, too. Like yeah, the, I guess uh, so. Dynamics. Uh, just our next question comes to us from at Lorenzo Meow. That's our guy, Doug Crap. And he asks, who are the Patriots and the Eagles of WWE? And for non-football fans, i.e., who is always in the title run and you're fucking done with it? And who is an okay wrestler but has the most annoying fans in WWE? So so let's do the Patriots first. Who's always in the title run and you're fucking done with I it? I think there is a case to be made that Kane is the Patriots. Oh, but, oh, but interesting. But then he never wins, you know? Like So he's not actually – like I'm not tired of him because he wins all the time. I just don't want to see him in the main event picture any longer. Sure, yeah. I think the actual obvious choice for the Patriots is Roman. Yeah. You know? Like we're just – I'm done. I don't know where else. What other answer you can give there? It's it's Roman Reigns, yeah, right? The yeah, Roman Reigns is definitely the Patriots. And how about the Eagles? Somebody who's an okay wrestler but has the most annoying fans in WWE. The most annoying fans. Yeah. Mm. Dean Ambrose, maybe. No. Fuck you, bud. Uh, 
How are Dean Ambrose fans annoyed? Well, you got the guys who are like, oh, he's, so, he's the best ever. I just do Seth sucks and Dean's great. Yeah, so far. And then far. you got the ladies who are like, oh, he's such a dreamboat. I just love him. I'm both of those. Yeah. And then there's like objective viewers who are like, he's just all right. You know? Wow. <laughs> okay, so Dean Ambrose is an okay wrestler, but annoying no, fans. I wouldn't say that he has the most annoying fans. That's kind of tough because I feel like Roman has the most annoying fans as well, but he's also <laughs> the Patriots. Uh, so I can't pick him for both. Uh, uh, can I give my answer here? Yes. Uh, Finn Balor. Uh, because people like to act like Finn Balor has done lots of good stuff. They go, oh, well, you know, sure, not the NXT is that good, but the Japan's what? What people always point to the Ibushi match. I would be more impressed if you could find me an Ibushi singles match that went over 15 minutes that was bad yeah. than one is good. I don't know where the Finn but, Balor. But uh, hey, like we gave Cody a ton of credit for his Ibushi match. I think there's yeah, a, but it's because I've seen Cody be so mediocre, yeah. which is what I'm saying. Finn Balor is, but, and then but you no, see him have a good match but no, with Ibushi. But no, like what I'm saying is Cody deserves a lot of credit <laughs> for that match being good. Yeah, I agree. And also, Abushi versus Ricochet from 2014 is an incredible match. Also, Ricochet deserves a lot of credit for that, too. Like, Abushi oh, yeah. is awesome, and he gets great matches out of everyone he works with, but the people that he works with also rise to the occasion. 100%. As well. But I'm only suggesting that it's the exception that proves the rule, and Balor that's, has one great singles match, fair. and it happened five years ago. That's fair. Uh, so I'll say Finn Balor. Um, I can't even think of, like, who has annoying fans. Yeah, it's kind of tough. I, I feel like. Maybe a Randy Orton fan might be an annoying person. Yeah. Yeah, Randy Orton is probably the Eagles, actually. Yeah? He's yeah. super over at every show I go to. Yeah. And he's just, he's always up there, but he's never, like, up, up there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've never seen, like, a Randy Orton fan, like, intentionally vomit on a child before. <laughs> but I'm sure they might. I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> this question comes to us. From Caitlin Hotchkiss at Crusader on Twitter, and she asks, can you confirm the rumors that Joshua <laughs> will be getting a giant kendo stick tattooed on his chest, a la Brock Lesnar's sword tattoo? And Caitlin, I cannot confirm that at the moment. <laughs> We're not doing this he question. Hasn't, he hasn't done it yet. Oh. Uh, but Josh, of course, said that if CM Punk appeared on Raw, not just was f- like featured in a photo or a video, yeah. but actually showed up on the show, you would have gone and gotten a CM Punk tattoo on and Tuesday I morning. Have. You also said the same thing for Sandman. Correct. If Sandman was on the show, you would have gone and gotten a Sandman tattoo. Correct. And a lot of people pressured you to suddenly get a Brock Lesnar-style chest tattoo where instead of a sword handle, is just a kendo stick that runs your entire chest. Yeah, our listeners really seemed to love that idea. Yes. They, uh, really they are big fans of making me less beautiful. Uh, I'm a fan of that, too, actually. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Because, yeah, I, like I said, there's a reason why I like being photographed next to you. <laughs> it's your giant kendo stick chest tattoo. Honestly. Yeah, I'm always shirtless in photos. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the big appeal. Yep. Uh, Justin, are you ready for what I could only call another question? Sure. This one comes to us from Anders Lau, who asks, who would win in a Royal Rumble of chocolate candy confectionaries? Okay, well, Peanut Butter Cups is the champion. Yo. So he's... Yeah. He's got the title. At I'm Mania. glad we agreed on this. Just out the yeah. gate, yeah, yeah. But and who's gonna win? Hang the on, Rumble? peanut butter cups, like the ones stuffed with pieces inside of it, too, right? Yes. Oh fuck yeah, Blair! Yeah. <laughs> I'm well, all in. When peanut butter cups came to the Fed, it was originally just peanut butter cups. <laughs> but over the years, <laughs> he's, he's like put on such muscle. <laughs> he's really bulked up. 
And now he's got all the pieces inside. Maybe as a baby face, he has the pieces. Exactly. <laughs> when he's heel. Yeah, Reese is like the best chocolate bar. So uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups is the best chocolate bar. Uh, so I'll say uh, they're the champion waiting. So who wins the Royal Rumble? <laughs> Mike just left the room. Yeah, he's out of here. Yeah, sorry, bud. Uh, who's who's the the challenger then? I like Kit Kat Chunky a lot. Uh, I could see Wonder Bar winning the Rumble. Wonder Bar's good. Uh, I really like Wonder Bar a lot. Okay. So your answer, Wonder Bar. I'm going to say the, the dark horse in it is going to be uh, Bounty, which I know is divisive, but I greatly enjoy eating Bounty. I just – I so rarely buy chocolate bars. Yeah. I uh, I get – it's because I always get the – if I go, I get the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Yeah. Because I, I just love eating them. Oh, Henry is very good too. I recently had a peanut butter Oh, Henry. Oh, what? And like it wasn't as peanut buttery as I hoped it would be. Oh. It was kind of just like an O. Henry. It was not that different. Oh, see, if there was an O. Henry with like Reese's Pieces peanut butter running throughout it. Yeah, it was Reese's peanut butter. Oh, what? It's just I didn't feel like there was enough peanut butter. Oh, man, if you get lots of peanut butter in there, yeah. I'm all in. That's an A-tier chocolate bar. Yeah. You know what? Twix is pretty good, too. Twix could win the Rumble. Twix can fuck off. Well, uh, Wonder Bar is going to win the Rumble, but yeah, you know, well, we Twix, all know Twix is a contender. We all know it's a uh, bounty there. But just our next question to us comes to us from Brandon O'Connor at BooferOC on Twitter. I don't think I said Anders' Twitter handle, which is a loud brother. So yes. uh, that is my bad. He's always been a good brother. He's, He's always a loud been. brother, too. He's a good brother, a loud brother. He only does everything. Just like Twitter.com. Yeah. Uh, this one comes to us from Brandon O'Connor, and he asks... Brandon asks, imagine all wrestlers ever were simultaneously in WWE and in their prime. Book your dream WrestleMania card. Okay, we don't have time to do our dream WrestleMania card. Let's both pick what our main event would be, and then a couple other matches we'd like to see we'll do collectively. My main event is Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that's extremely good. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you want to explain why? For singles, one-on-one match... I mean, hell, they teased it on their podcast, like, what, fucking two years ago? Yep. And people got super fired up about it at a point where Brock is kind of over the hill and Austin straight up cannot work. So imagine how fired up you would be for, like, 2012 or 2013 Lesnar versus 99 Austin. It'd be insane. Yeah. It's a great pick. Yeah. Uh, m- mine is a... Okay, so mine is only like the match that would be the main event of my WrestleMania. It's yes. not something that I'm trying to book WrestleMania for like to make a successful WrestleMania, right? Yeah, it's okay. Okay, so, so mine's a triple threat between Brock Lesnar, yeah. who is a uh, commonality in both of ours, which is interesting, Cactus Jack... Uh, it's weird how the guy that we shit on for being lazy... Yeah, lately is also the star of our dream WrestleMania. It's, it's, it, but it's because he represents such a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have him and Cactus Jack and Samoa Joe in a triple threat Extreme Rules match. Ooh. Because Foley openly spoke about when Joe was Ring of Honor champ and Foley was over there for a little bit as a. I don't think he was GM, but he, he had tried to. He role. tried to get him to WWE. He, oh, he went back to WWE and was like, "This is the guy." Yeah. And he's always said in interviews like, if he could work any one of the if the body was still holding up, it's always Samoa Joe that he says. So yeah. I would like to see that come to life. And then my anticipation for the Brock Lesnar Dean Ambrose match from uh, three WrestleManias ago, two WrestleManias ago. My I was so excited for that match because I want to see Brock bleed. I want the hardcore Brock Lesnar match. I don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And so I think those three would uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely put on something that I would like to watch with my eyes. All right. Um, as far as undercard goes, I'm going to book like a crazy Super Juniors match right now. Yeah, go ahead. Like a six-man <laughs> oh, elimination yeah. match. Oh, my God. So, so it's like an hour. Five separate pinfalls okay. between AJ Styles, yep. Seth Rollins. Okay. Shawn Michaels. Wow. 
Uh, who else do I want in this? Eddie Guerrero, <laughs> Chris Benoit, and well, Kurt Angle. That is a stacked card. I mean, I mean, I feel like some of the that could be two amazing triple threats. Yeah, that, no, <laughs> it's an elimination six man match. Is it? Uh, yeah, of course it's no DQ, so you're gonna get some table spots and insanity. I, mm-hmm. There's a lot of reason to think that would be an extremely good match. Hoss mm-hmm. uh, battle. Who are? I'd like to see uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, Braun Strowman. Maybe just those two. <laughs> Maybe just Bam Bam yeah. versus Braun. Maybe throw Vader in there, too. I was thinking about that, but I, I don't know about Hosses as a triple threat. I guess we'll find out this Sunday yeah. how well that works. Yeah, Bam, yeah, just do Bam Bam versus Braun. Yeah, because Bam Bam also fills the role of high flyer. So yeah. if, you're, if you need someone to hit a rod or a moonsault, he can also do them. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, go, I'll go Bam Bam and Braun for our Hoss battle. Who's our Undertaker opponent? Oh, wow, great question, Justin. It's so dumb, but but I loved the CM Punk one so much. Yeah, I was so thinking much. CM Punk too for some reason. <laughs> we never saw Daniel Bryan. We never saw Cena. We never saw. Uh, I mean, him and Austin had zero chemistry. You mean like the Mania Undertaker match? Yeah. Daniel Bryan doesn't really do a lot for me for some reason. I feel like it should be Bray Wyatt, but a Bray Wyatt that they work well together. Yeah, I feel like a Daniel Bryan maybe should have gone into my six man match there too. Maybe pull out Chris Benoit. Yeah, I mean, why would I ignore Chris Benoit? So I'm just, I'm just <laughs> out there, Jack. And honestly, their move set is pretty similar. So yeah, I'll cut Benoit and put Brian into that. I like that. Instead. Um, Taker, this is a great question. Um, in some ways, I'm I'm gonna. Start- I would like to see like Taker versus like Macho Man. I could. That's such a contrast in styles. It could be very interesting. Yeah. Uh, what about Piper? Just somebody who would show zero respect for the Undertaker. Like I don't give a great. shit about your your nonsense, your smoke, your mirrors. Because like those old promos, he's very open about like yeah. dumping on in Macho Man and all flash. So I I think Piper and Taker. No, I don't know how much the match would deliver. Oh, Piper versus Taker could be awesome. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad you're into Just it. Just be like, yeah, I don't care what you say you are. This is gonna be a fight. Yeah, cool hat. Let's go. Yeah, let's knuckle up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I'll say I'll say Roddy Piper. Why the hell not? I'm this into is... it. I think you made a great pick there. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, and then I think that's probably should we do a women's match too? Like, but they're all from now. Trish versus Charlotte. Yeah, I guess like that would be the default, right? Yeah. Um, I remember people like because it seemed possible at the time, like NXT Page versus Lita was something people wanted to Ooh. see. Uh, I don't know how much that uh, would. I don't know how good that match would be, but I remember that being like a talking point because Lita was back into the fold of the company, and it was like, oh, is she going to come back and wrestle, or is she just talking? So mm-hmm. that would be something like our WrestleManias, and honestly, I think there's a lot of good content there. Yeah, I mean, we didn't do a tag match, but uh, we got to wrap this up so we can go get dinner before I got to go to work. Hell yeah, uh, Justin! Our next question this week comes to us from the Borgman Superfan Blair Pachico, and Blair asks. Who is the most mid-card wrestler that could be a surprise entrance in this year's Rumble that would get the biggest pop? And then he goes on to say that ECW doesn't count because they're in uh, Philly. You have a great pick for this. I don't know who mine is, honestly, but I'll let you go first. Yeah, I said before the show that uh, I honestly think it's kind of the right answer. I think of like the true mid-card. Justin's eyes just lit up. Like he I have really... it. Go ahead. I have it. Well, should I... I'll finish mine first. Yeah, go. Okay. go. Uh, mine is the Hurricane. I really feel like the stand back is like built for Rumbles, and uh, I think it'd get a great reaction. He's still somewhat known because he wrestles indies as an agent for... Pardon me, Impact. Justin, your eyes lit up like a Christmas tree. Uh, a man who I desperately wanted to see on Raw this past week, who I was hoping would be maybe a surprise return that they did not advertise, was not there because there were no surprise returns. Okay. Uh, a man who, 
is still in the game in some capacity and could work in WWE if they really wanted him to. Yeah. A man who I dearly loved back in the day and whose run never really turned into what it should be because I think he left the company before they could really strap the rocket to him. I think you know which man I'm talking about now. I actually don't. It is the world's most dangerous man, oh. Ken Shamrock. Oh, dude. If Ken, does Ken Shamrock count for this? Yeah, he's yeah. a mid-carder. Mid-carder. Dude, yeah. I would flip if Ken... If, oh, God damn. Ken Shamrock. I would lose it. Yeah. Just him hitting – he wouldn't even have to do much. Just give me, like, two minutes with him and Gable. Yeah. Like that uh, – oh, man. Yeah, that's a great answer. I think Hurricane would also get a giant pop. Yeah. I, I think we both came up with Dynamite. I think answers. you're right that the Hurricane's pop might even be bigger than Shamrock. Not honestly. in my household, though. Shamrock would – although I just saw him fight Kimbo Slice two years ago, but still. <laughs> just our final question this week comes to us from Mike Paris, at that Mike Paris on Twitter, and he asks – Oh, that one. Yeah. Well, not the other – Oh, yeah, Mike yeah. You were thinking it's an- of- I was thinking of another Mike you Paris. You were thinking of the Mike Paris. Which is just what the internet needs is another Mike Paris. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome <laughs> to another episode of Mike Paris. <laughs> and he asks us, well, it doesn't really, not really a question, but he says, regale us with uh, your experiences as teenage backyard wrestlers. Uh, I was in a trampoline wrestling fed with a bunch of my friends growing up. My intro music was Wake Up by Rage Against the Machine. Oh, interesting. And my finisher was like a DDT similar to uh, Bobby Roode's. Oh, okay. Like uh, a spinning, jumping DDT. Yeah. So uh, that's about it. I Did mean, you have a name? Uh, not really. Okay. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't go that far. It was just like we played music and would come out. And like, you yeah, know, we did the exact bask thing. in the adulation of a fake crowd, then get on the trampoline and, and do your thing. The thing is, it was like a worked shoot thing. <laughs> like no one agreed to the finishes beforehand and nobody wanted to lose. No one wants to take the pin. So everybody would kick out. Like I took all the pins because <laughs> I understand the business. <laughs> and, and like it would go on for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, well, the match has got to end at some point. No one's kicking out. It's like all these false finishes. Yeah. So I eventually would just not kick out. I don't think I won a single match. Oh, man. Well, yeah. you're on your f- you've, uh, but I also didn't break any bones either. So That's sort of a win. The uh, first goal is... Staying healthy, and I did that. <laughs> we we had a, a fed. I don't know if it had a name, but I was probably thirteen to fifteen. Uh, I don't know fifteen. I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking school. about when I'm like twelve. Yeah, probably. I was. I was certainly was in high school. So whatever age, grade seven. Uh, I was Joshua only because I love the Misfits with uh, Jerry only. So I was Joshua only. My entrance music was Tommy Gunn by The Clash. Uh, same thing. Walk out, feel the admiration of a crowd that wasn't there. And my finisher. I don't think anyone does it in WWE. Maybe it's a shitty move, but I would have like a full Nelson behind the guy, yeah. and then jump and sit out for a power bomb. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was called the one and only. It oh, was, that's a that's uh, a great name. <laughs> it was it was a very complete gimmick. I'm telling you, if I if I ever make my uh, giant debut here in the Indies, it'll be as Josh. Only and I'll hit the one and only on uh, anyone in sight. Well, Josh, I have some bad news for you. Oh no! Despite the fact that uh, we didn't go into overtime at all, yeah. this episode has already been longer than our New Japan episode oh. because we talked about all these other topics off the oh. hop, and we got into a bunch of other topics during Sunday Night Tweet as well. Man. And you know what? That's fine. I feel the awful. people love the extra content. They wanted to hear us talk about all the big stories this week. Okay. Look, that's what we do. We talk about the big stories. Yeah, that's true. Enzo is a big story for yeah. us locally. Ballroom Brawl was a big story. The yep. XFL was a big story. The Penny playing <laughs> Raw and SmackDown on Monday and Tuesdays. Yeah, and once again, that that's a commercial bucks. in Gravely. <laughs> Come on out. I will be your bartender most nights. That's a big story. Yeah. 
Who could disagree, Justin? Yes. This is a show of big stories. An hour and 40 minutes, is that right? About close to an hour and 45 now. Well, if you stayed with us till the end, uh, thank you very much. It always means the world to us, but it would mean even more if even in your exhausted state, you could go and rate and review the show on iTunes. It does a great help for us. Or just uh, recommend it to people. Tell them uh, yeah. that it's out there. It's a good wrestling podcast that you enjoy and that they might like it too. You must know other wrestling fans. Just, just tell them. Just use your mouth. Yeah, just and also tell the them, hey, Ron Smackdown are playing at a bar on commercial. Let's go. And I know we have to go. Justin, but I want to say one quick last thing. The Royal Rumble is a great pay-per-view to watch with people. It's a great pay-per-view that I think most people look forward to every year. So I hope all of you really enjoy watching it because it's a great one. I have to work through the whole show this weekend. It's so disappointing. I'm so upset. You're going to miss the game. I know. Oh, I meant to explain the rules to the game. The Rumble game. Yeah. It's wow. my most anticipated gambling event of the year. I think I, I do this thing at my... We yeah. draw numbers out of a bowl. Yeah. It's very fun. And then you own the number. Uh, you own the person whose number that correlates to. And you count how many eliminations they get. And you count out how many total eliminations your team got. You count out. Uh, if you have the most eliminations guy, that's a winner. Yep. If you win the Rumble, that's a winner. Surprise. If, you, if your team is the most eliminations as a team, that's a winner. Yeah, surprise entrance you get points for. There's it, all it's, these it's, side bets and side pools. People love playing this. I, it's, I, I, don't, I don't think I made it up. I think I, I got it from the internet. Yeah, I, I, you only bet like t- a toonie or a yeah. five on the whole thing, well, and it's fun. super fun. Yeah, it gets people involved. So I hope yeah. you all have a great time watching it this weekend. And uh, anything else, Jess? Um, just that people should probably like stay spicy out there. Well, I mean, uh, once again, it does start with hot, well, so uh, I would say they well, – uh, I just thought we would speed things along because we're running overtime right now. Be hot, be spicy, so taste great because you're curry, man. Yeah, be curry, man. Wah, wah, wah. Uh, uh, Titus Worldwide! And that's a bad turn. Yeah. Now, Rob Russo said he didn't understand why we'd do that. Well, I, don't I, don't know, I don't know if he was talking it. about the Curry Man thing or why we do I think he meant the Curry effects. Man thing. Well, the Curry Man thing, originally you and I were going to recommend matches at the end of every show. Right. And we recommended a Curry Man match, and yeah, then we yeah. had some advice for people, and it was Curry Man related, and we had such a good time doing it that we did it every episode forever. Yeah, and then the womp, womp, womp in the lab. I'm I mean, yeah, nobody knows where that sound That's, comes from. Uh, You're certainly not about to hear it right now. <laughs> Titus Worldwide!